0: Don't remind me about APCs, man.
1: Why? What's up with APCs? You remember
0: Command and Conquer?
1: Um, what, yeah, but what did the APCs yeah. have to... Now I'm trying to think what the <laughs> hell the role they played in
0: the... Rhodes fucked me over with an APC once when we were playing online. What? I don't know if I remember this story. <laughs> no? Okay, so we were playing online and it was us two against like three computers. And we had like the three computer AIs like down to, to the point where we were going to smash them. And Rhodes has this APC, and he's like, oh, I need I have this APC. I need to fix them in your repair bay in the middle of your base. I'm like, okay, yeah, just send it in and repair Like, I don't give a shit. That's fine, you know? And, you know, the APC's repairing, it's repairing. And all of a sudden, five fucking Tanya's pop out of his fucking APC. He declares war on me, and my base is <laughs> fucking destroyed. <laughs> he
1: betrayed what? you so hardcore. He
0: betrayed me so hardcore. And you know how Tanya, like, taunts you when she, like is like blowing up your buildings i keep hearing it i'm like what the hell my base is under attack look down there i'm like oh you cocksmoker what the fuck
2: (laughs) oh that's he trojan horsed you man he did it
0: was horrible what a douche
2: he just didn't give it as a gift he asked you for help that's (laughs) even worse
0: (laughs)
1: Welcome to another episode of Brian Guy and his Super Friends, where we know any movie that features Tom Cruise running is guaranteed to make $100 million. I'm your host, Brian Labick, and joining me this week is Andy Stolz.
0: Hey, uh, it's it's me, Andy. Um, I'm not Mr. Uh, Terabyte over there like Brian is. Mr. Terabyte? When did I get that nickname? Mr. Terabyte. Just now. <laughs> I like it.
1: Terra Terra Terabyte. And I get a theme song, too. <laughs> this is the greatest day ever. <laughs> and we also have Mike Bradley.
2: Hello. I'm not going to give you another nickname and theme song. I'm just going to slide Wait, Andy, on You should in probably
1: here and... give Mike a nickname and a theme song. <laughs> oh, I
2: God. can only do
0: one a week. It's it's part of my contract. <laughs> all right. Next
1: week, Mike will get a <laughs> nickname and a theme song.
0: Great. Every week,
1: it's somebody new. So you have a week to figure something
0: out. Oh, God. <laughs> no pressure. What did I just set myself and up for? I know. For? See, you're on record now. <laughs> we
1: expect this now. Uh, all right. So. Guys, Rogue One is next week. Who's excited?
2: No, I'm not at all. I, you know what, I'm, I am the... Is there an opposite of excited? I guess I'm depressed that it's coming out finally. <laughs> I, I I don't know if I can handle, you know, the possibility I sense some sarcasm. That, uh, a little bit. <laughs> um, I mean, it... it Of course, you have to be excited. It's the first Star Wars movie we're getting that is not part of main canon, main movies that they've done, with the exception of the Clone Wars animated movie, which, as good as the TV show was, that movie was not.
1: Yeah, I don't really count that as a movie. I forget that movie exists half the time.
0: Yeah, I just kind of count it as as a really long episode of the show.
1: I mean it's yeah, it really pretty I mean, clearly it just three was. episodes of the show jumped into an hour and a half.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which is Yeah, it could've it could have been but, better.
1: But it's decent. It's alright.
2: But all the same, we're getting a uh, canon movie that's not you know, an episode number officially, and that that's exciting starting a new Star Wars era. Yeah,
1: this is definitely gonna be interesting to see where they go with it. Um, I'm yeah I mean, we're all star wars fans. we're all excited i I can't fucking wait. We are under a week no, just about a week away, just over a week, eight days right
2: i well yeah. i probably probably more like yeah, it's not seven like days know. and three and a half hours. I would guess there's midnight shows all over,
1: oh good call okay. uh,
2: yeah so
1: uh so that's my so my segue from that is going from Rogue one to because Rogue One is coming out. We have all these studios that seem like they're preparing their best trailers for, their, you know, in the hopes that they're debuted in front of or shown in the theater in front of Rogue One, since that's probably the, one of the biggest releases of the year. Definitely probably the biggest around Christmas time. Uh, so we're gonna focus on some trailers this week. We got trailers for Guardians of the Galaxy 2, The Mummy Reboot with Tom Cruise, and the latest Transformers movie, The Last Knight. So that's on tap. And then, uh, since we are recording this on Thursday night in a few hours, I think Marvel is supposed to debut the first trailer for Spider-Man homecoming on Kimmel. Uh, so we're recording before that debuted, so we're not able to talk about it yet, but it's definitely something I want to cover so we might have to do like a bonus recording session that'll probably I'll tack it on somewhere in there. So you may end up getting four trailers for this episode. We'll see if we can if we can plan correctly and get that to work. But for the the three that I know we're going to cover, we're going to do Guardians 2, The Mummy, and Transformers. So kicking it off with Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which I think I can safely say is a movie we're all extremely excited to see, and probably the most, I would think, excited out of at least the three that we have listed here between Guardians, Mummy, and Transformers. I think I think we're all pretty much in agreement that this is going to be fucking awesome. So that's coming uh, to yes. us in May of 2017. So what do you guys think of the trailer?
2: Well, um, I, I would say, I mean, you can't say enough about how awesome Baby Groot is. Um, <laughs> it, it, it That's what everybody's talking about. Social media's going crazy for Baby Groot. But honestly, the best thing I've seen in the trailer was Mantis. And the whole interaction with Star-Lord and just reading his emotions and everything was freaking hilarious. I mean... <laughs>
1: Alright, I don't know anything about Mantis, so you're going to have to fill me in on Mantis.
2: Um, well, I did a little bit of research on the background of the character, because I've read a few Guardians comics that she's appeared in, but none of her origin at all. Um, and her origin is kind of weird. It features a bunch of characters that you would never really hear of otherwise. like They're pretty central to her own story. Um, basically they look at her as, when I say they, I want to double check wh- who is exactly they say is they, but they, the priests and, uh, I want to say it's Kang it is one of the only ones you might recognize. They look at her as being the celestial Madonna. Um, oh, okay. So thing she's pretty,
1: that they, sounds like she's pretty high up there then, right?
2: Yes, yeah. Her her power level is very extreme in the comics, but it's also something that we don't know what they're going to do in the movie with her powers, because they're kind of all over the place depending on who wrote the comics, Yeah, as far as how strong she is, what her powers exactly are. She always has the empathic powers of being able to read people's emotions and thoughts. Um, others have her being... extremely good martial artist etc etc for hand-to-hand combat and it's a very convoluted storyline for the character um my best recommendation is enjoy the character uh in the movie but it's not it's one that's there with the guardian story they wanted to follow she's very present in those stories but she doesn't exactly play a huge role Okay. Um does she until... look like that in the comics
1: or do they change the design for the movie?
2: Um honestly in the comics she dresses a bit more like Gamora but you know the the general look of the head and the antenna and everything like that going on, yeah. Okay. Okay. It's hard to say what they're going to do with her because if they go the route of extremely overpowered character, she could play a huge role eventually when Thanos comes a knocking. Um especially depending on where they go with the Thanos storyline because if she has empathic powers and Thanos is trying to say woo lady death and he can't read her emotions, he may use Mantis for her power. Now I got you. Okay. Um but we don't I mean that's the only presumption I can get out of where they may Include her in the overall arcing story here, because we really don't know how the Guardians are gonna fit in with the rest and meet the rest, and how that's all gonna play out.
1: Yeah. Um, Other than them being part of the movie in some way, somehow, that's about it.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're gonna be there, but
1: I wonder if it'll be know, all I... of them or just some of them. Like by by know... Guardians, if it'll just be like Peter Quill, that's it. Representing the team, do you know what I mean?
2: Oh, I I think people would be upset. (laughs) I mean, because you're talking to me, at least. I I feel like they've become with just the one movie as popular as the Avengers have. Oh yeah, they're up. You uh, know, so no matter what, if you just include Star Lord. you're going to have some people who really love Rocket and Groot pissed off, some people who really love Gamora or Drax pissed off. It, you know, people were going to want to see them as a team. And I think that was the whole point of the first movie, too, wasn't it? That, you know, each individual was not necessarily all that great on their own. But when they worked as a team, they were able to accomplish incredible things. Yeah, yeah. So...
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree, it'd be disappointing if they're not all there, but I'm just trying to think, like, you know, economically, I guess, because the budget for that movie is going to be outrageous as it is, if you cut half the team out, you're saving money for other
2: things. Well, they do have two movies worth of budget there. I mean, you're legitimately talking about two movies combined to make one story where the budget may end up being close to a billion dollars. I mean, I would guess that they're, they they may each get three hundred and fifty or four hundred million dollar budgets. Yeah, and half of that's gonna go to talent, gonna, right? Because they need it. Yeah. They, because of the talent, they need it. So, I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, I guess we'll just have to. Well, wait, we'll talk about that trailer when we get there
3: in a couple years oh, yeah. when that finally shows up.
0: <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Andy, what's stuck out to you for this trailer?
0: Uh I was surprised that we did not see um Michael Rooker's character. Oh, y'all do. Yeah. Yeah, because I Cause guess He was he... in he was in the teaser.
1: Yeah, the f- the first little yeah. tease we got, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I was surprised we didn't see him. Um And I feel like they're showing us a lot of the funny parts already, so I hope they don't um continue to show us all the funny parts you know like
1: this movie will be no short on humor
0: yeah yeah. i hope they don't overdo it i guess is what i'm kind of going for because if they showed us this much that's kind of you know like pretty funny i hope it's not like the entire movie is kind of super funny yeah
1: i you know i i die with the whole baby group pushing the button thing and drax with mantis at the end both of those gags get me every time i watch the trailer And if those end up being the funniest parts in the movie, I'm going to be a little disappointed.
2: Yeah, I mean it's going to be really tough to top Baby Groot and the Button. I mean that was just that was fantastic. Yeah, (laughs) I mean that's going to be it's going to be tough to beat that. I hope they can, (laughs) but that's going to be a tough one.
1: I feel like every scene with Baby Groot will exponentially get better.
2: Yeah. Well, so is is
0: Vin Diesel still the voice of Baby Groot? Do they just
1: as far as I know, yes, Vin Diesel is Light still voicing his voice
0: Groot. into like a child's voice or whatever. Yes,
2: as yeah. far as I know, he's still voicing Groot. And that's one of the things that stuck out to me is that I was really hoping it was still going to be the same voice. Like part of me thought that Oh, just that the deep just Vin Diesel for voice for the for the yeah. little baby. Yeah, the little baby, but I am Groot. <laughs> 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 like, I thought that would have been great, but this works, too.
1: It would be funny, but you got to admit, it's a lot cuter to hear this little kid, like, two-year-old voice coming out of Baby Groot.
2: Oh, yeah, it, it definitely is. It just, I don't know, like, I'm kind of on the same wavelength with Andy, is that I don't feel like when we got the original Guardians trailer for the first movie, that you saw that much comedy going on in it. And yet the movie yeah. worked on a lot of levels it's... with comedy. It did and this one i think they're pushing that because of how well the movie worked with comedy so yeah. did they push it too far in the movie itself too to the point oh, where I'm, yeah
0: i'm really hoping that they didn't yeah uh the the other thing i noticed with the with this with this trailer was they didn't really give away anything plot wise yeah it, like no. i don't know what they're doing i know there's some kind of beast that drax gets swallowed by but <laughs> i mean besides that I, I don't know what they're doing are they on a heist are they trying to do something with maybe an infinity stone like uh, yeah, you don't know what knows? the beast is or why they're fighting that beast or where they're at yeah, trying to get that the beast yeah you don't know what the antagonist is really so i mean it it leaves a lot of questions which which is good i mean i, I kind of don't like getting a lot of the plot in the movie so yeah i agree in I the, in the trailer
1: marketing that that holds stuff back as they're promoting the movie instead of just showing you everything up front like this is what's going to happen in the movie come see the rest of you know the stuff to fill in the gaps of what we just showed you like i'm looking at you batman v superman trailer uh <laughs> but yeah or, they, uh, terminator. Oh, ter- terminator oh my god terminator 2 that not Term- or, not the second terminator terminator Gen- also
0: Genes- yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, that Genesis trailer was fucking terrible, too. I'm so pissed off that I watched, like, the I think it was the second trailer that gave away the whole twist of the movie.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
2: Well, I mean, I feel like this trailer was very much just like, hey, do you guys remember how awesome Guardians was?
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: We got another one coming out, so. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to want to see this one, because it has the same stuff that made you laugh as the first one.
1: Yeah, I think it definitely plays to the normal, like, you know, quote-unquote normal movie going audience people that don't follow this stuff and know this movie is coming this is the announcement like lip this one's coming
2: i'm just really hoping that they do not spoil whoever sylvester stallone is playing for this movie in one of the trailers
0: i did not realize that they cast him
2: yeah he's listed as part of the cast and they cast him a while ago but they will not list the name of his character Hmm.
0: um and uh kurt russell's also in this right yes yes
2: yeah, I but believe he's ego, right? Yeah, wasn't yeah. He's cast as ego, the living planet.
0: Oh, uh, so it'll just be his
2: voice. Well, probably an amalgamation of his face.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. I guess what they what they do with the character if they interpret him differently, or I mean, for all we know, he could show up as some sort of alien humanoid thing just to be able to have Kurt Russell on screen.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they may have an explanation of how Ego came to be, you know, and they explain it away as originally he was a humanoid and they tell some short story about it or something. I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, he would but, have to have been humanoid at some point, right? Because he's supposed to be Star-Lord's dad. Ego? I'm pretty sure that's what, like, I'm pretty sure, like, you hear Kurt Russell was cast, they talked about Kurt Russell playing Star-Lord's dad, and then you hear that Kurt Russell was playing Ego.
2: Yeah, I think there was rumors that he was going to be Star-Lord's dad. I don't think that uh, that was ever confirmed in any way. Okay. Because I heard Ego ego could not be Star-Lord's dad. There's a couple routes they can go, but, I mean, it, ego, Star-Lord's dad has to be Jason from Spartax. I mean, that that's that's his dad. That's the character that, play, that is Star-Lord's dad is... I don't know if they say it, Jason, Jason. I've never heard it actually spoken.
1: Yeah, that's the, I mean, that's um, the comics. I don't think they're doing that for this movie. I I will put money on Jason not being Star-Lord's dad.
2: Yeah, and, and I and I could see them going, like, the Adam Warlock route. But I don't see them doing Ego. Ego, the living planet, being his dad, I think would, is... For anybody who does not know, ego is basically in the comics. He shows up, and the appearance of it is a planet with a face. And I don't know a whole lot about the character itself, but it just doesn't. It, how would that make any sense? I, I just don't get it.
1: I mean, it's something they'll have to explain. But I mean, in my mind, if they're going to make Kurt Russell humanoid, like that's how he would be able to give you know have sex with. Star-Lord's mom to make Star-Lord.
2: Right. I, I think the thing I'm getting at is She's I'm not gonna have betting it's Sylvester planet. Stallone. That would be weird. I, I'm just saying, I would bet it's Sylvester Stallone that is his dad. Yeah, was, Depending yeah, was on gonna... who they determined Stallone to be will be the question, but I would bet that that ends up being his dad. Because I, I, I really... I mean, I'm going to have to Google I this don't...
1: afterwards, because I could have sworn I... like I almost thought James Gunn came out and said... And I don't know if it was just, or maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm mixing it up. Maybe it was just he he confirmed who Kurt Russell was playing and not that Kurt Russell was Star-Lord's dad.
0: Yeah, I think it was they announced Kurt Russell, and then they announced who he was playing, and then James Gunn was like, oh, and you get to meet the dad in this movie.
1: Oh, it's just like an off comment. And they, they kind of coincided,
0: thing. yeah, they coincided with the Kurt Russell announcement. I don't think necessarily he said came out and said Kurt Russell was the dad. Okay. All right, but so I maybe be, I'm I misreading things.
1: Or maybe I'm, like, just clicking all the all the clickbait headlines and, like, what? Kurt Russell's his dad?
2: <laughs> well, I feel like that's what happened at first was, like, the, the reports came out that he was cast, and I think before they announced who he was, everybody was already on board with him being his dad. Yeah. That it just kind of spread like wildfire that that was what it was going to be. Damn
1: you, Internet, and your misinformation.
2: <laughs> I mean, they, don't get me wrong. Everything on the that Internet way, is correct. We'll see yeah. how they do it.
1: Everything, absolutely everything, is correct. Everything. I mean, we're on the internet, oh. so obviously,
2: we're uh, and we're yeah. always correct. Always correct. We are. <laughs> I would not want to fact check all these episodes and see how many <laughs> things we got wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you mean nothing? It's it's real easy. We got nothing wrong. Everything is correct. Gold <laughs> um, stars all
3: around. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I think this trailer was great, I think the humor was awesome, the action still looks great, the soundtrack is still fucking on point.
2: Yeah, Um, that that was something I complained about with the teaser for the trailer, was that it was the same song from the first trailer, and I was like, I was hoping to get a new song, and finally we do, and it's awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what the soundtrack looks like for volume two.
2: Honestly, that was the first. Volume one was the first soundtrack I had bought for a movie. Like I actually bought it, hard copy of it. First you time it on cassette? fifteen years. No, no, <laughs> not by a cassette. <laughs> but I bought a CD. But it was the like it was honestly the first CD I'd bought in a long time. But I wanted the cover art. I wanted you know everything that comes along with that. Yeah. And uh just an awesome soundtrack. You know, it's.
1: So, it, I had one question I wanted to bring up to you guys. There's one Guardian of the Galaxy that has no speaking lines in this trailer. Should we be worried? Are you talking um, about
2: Gamora? Yeah. Yes, he is. Why would we be worried?
1: I, from the If you're just taking it by the trailer, she seems to be relegated to the background compared to everyone else. Now, I don't know if that's just because, you know, Baby Groot and... Drax are where the humor is, so they know that's what people will latch on to. Gamora's pretty much, she's probably the straight person out of the group. So She
2: is, but she still had some of the funniest lines from the first movie.
1: Yeah, playing the straight man, you can have funny, funny things. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, I'm just, I guess a little bit disappointed that everybody seemed like they had at least a moment or two, and she didn't really do much besides jump on Her- a tentacle.
2: Perhaps most of her dialogue is. she can jump on my spoilerific. Oh
1: come on, Andy! <laughs> Andy went there. Okay. Somebody. Had I
0: feel to. like it was. I feel like someone had to. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: it was there. It was
0: definitely there. <laughs> I did leave that one hanging. That was a little bit too easy. Yeah, yeah. it's like a beach ball, and I had one of those big red wiffle ball bats. <laughs> <laughs> Made that pong noise, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, except the beach ball doesn't fly very far.
0: No, but I still hit it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Point taken. Point taken. Uh, Mike, I think we interrupted your train of thought. Do you remember where you, where you were going with that?
2: I was just saying perhaps her dialogue in the movie, a lot of it is full of spoiler-worthy stuff that they didn't want to include in this initial trailer. I mean, if that's the um, case, then
1: I appreciate them not putting it in the trailer, but I still feel like know, that's kind of unlikely.
0: I feel like they've gone through a lot of uh, trouble to establish that the relationship between Gamora and Star-Lord is is kind of almost a centerpiece for this. Like, that may be the only plot thing that they have given away. So, I, I don't think that she's going to be relegated to the background, in my opinion.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, it, yeah if there's going to be a heavy love interest there, that would be... it, it, it wouldn't make sense.
1: Okay, so, f- so follow-up question, do you, do you, would you like to see the love interest, like the love story, love, you know, the relationship type thing with Star-Lord and Gamora to play out? Or do you think that the team doesn't need that? It's an unnecessary addition to the movie, just focus on other
2: stories? And I, I honestly prefer the tension from the first movie, that it was there, but it wasn't going to happen. You know, she was too off-put by the idea of it, period. Yeah. I prefer that, dynamic to the relationship to some true romance of any sort which i'm sure would be silly and given the way the first one was wrote it would still come off silly but it it, i don't know i I wouldn't want a serious romance involved in guardians of the galaxy i just it wouldn't work for me i think the two of them would work together but
1: yeah my personal um... opinion i feel like The movie probably has enough other things going on. I don't need the romantic subplot to distract from other things that I would rather see. Right. You know, I don't want it to feel forced is basically, I guess, what I'm getting at.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's something that wasn't that way in the comics. You know what I mean? Like, they never really explored that, so... I don't know what they would do with it. You know, like, it's... I don't know. It's one of those strange gray areas where it's like Gamora to me is a, a character. Even the, from the movie, is not a character that's has interest in that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, to her, that's just kind of like, no. I just need to do my assassin thing and, you know, be very nomadic almost. Like she, he, she's kind of the loner of the group. Yeah. You know, the rest of them all kind of buddy along, and she's kind of the quiet one in the back that's really probably the most dangerous of all of them. And I i like that aspect to the character, but I don't feel like, I feel like they're gonna go the romantic love interest route here, and I, I don't know. See how it plays out. I'm not gonna judge it till I see it. Yeah, but. we'll have to wait and see, but just, again, from the from what the trailer's
1: presenting us, that's what I'm sort of getting. And I'm hoping like, you know, we're obviously gonna get at least one more trailer, maybe two, between now and May. So, yeah. at the very least, hopefully the next trailer will give Gamora maybe something more to do, and will actually feel like she's part of the team in the next trailer. I think that would that would be nice. Because, you know, you run the risk of, from the team, she's the only female person, and everyone else has something to do, and she doesn't in this trailer.
0: So she's Lois Lane?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, our speaking, like, <laughs> according to this trailer. I mean, she kicks more ass in the trailer, I think, than Lois Lane has ever done, but
2: and, and, I mean, that plays into what I was saying about her, and what I like about the character is that that's kind of what she does. She is kind of back of the bus about it, and sit there and just kind of calculating. You know?
1: Silent but deadly type.
2: Yeah. I got yeah. you,
1: I got and,
3: you.
2: So, I, I don't know. I, I think we'll get more, with the second or third trailer, definitely get more of an idea of where the story's headed. Yeah. You know, because right now it was just kind of like... Here's Baby Groot, here's a big, weird, tentacled thing, and here's Mantis, even though probably 90% of the people that watch the trailer have no idea who Mantis is to begin (laughs) with, so.
1: Yep, um, it's just like the Guardians as a whole last summer, or what what summer was that, two summers ago, three summers ago? Shit, what year did that movie come out? 2015?
2: I don't say 2014, I want to say 14, 14 or 15. Part of me feels like 14.
1: I'm trying to think what was summer of 15. That would have been Age well, of Ultron, right? 15 was last year.
2: Or yeah, yeah. 15, 15 was last year, so this would be 14 that Guardians came out.
0: Yeah, it would have to have but... been. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, all right, so
1: I I totally lost my train of thought because I was too worried about the year now. <laughs> Um, anything else for the trailer that stuck out to you guys, or we'll move on to the mummy.
2: Um, the monster itself, did... I-, I looked around trying to find any comic reference to what it was anything like that. I couldn't find anything. Did you guys have any insight to that?
1: Oh, the tentacled beast thing? Yeah. No, I got nothing. I have no I just figured I, some yeah, alien creature uh... thing for random reason that they get to fight.
2: So, like an opening segment monster battle for the movie kind of thing. Yeah, it could like be. Guardians are back here. They're going to kill a monster in the opening segment and probably get a superhero landing somewhere in there. Oh, you <laughs> got to. Move on.
1: After Drax gets eaten and then busts out of that thing, he's going to land in a superhero landing.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, I probably will just tap my wife. Superhero landing. That's superhero <laughs> landing. <laughs> here it Oh, comes. there here it comes. is. <laughs> Um oh the the
1: the shot that has Baby Groot on Rocket's shoulder, like come on. It's fucking great.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. And Baby Groot
1: has his own little uniform, like come on. It's so yeah, awesome. Yeah.
2: <laughs> little Ravagers outfit? Yes. Oh, it's great. <laughs> My um, question is is when Groot gets grown again, is he still gonna have a Ravagers outfit? Or are they just gonna go back to Groot being you know free balling it out there? Because <laughs> technically speaking, he was naked for that whole movie. Yeah, yep. he is just a tree, but he wasn't wearing any clothes.
1: He's the Chewbacca <laughs> of the team.
2: Yeah, yeah, which is also kind of weird, but that's another <laughs> topic for another day.
1: Yeah, we we could we could probably start a category or some sort of top ten of like characters that should have worn pants in <laughs> movies. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, my whole problem with that is that, like, you know, as a family unit, you go around and you have yourself and, say, you have your wife and your kids, what doesn't wear clothes? The pet. Your dog, your cat, they don't wear clothes. So when you have a character who's part of a team, like Chewbacca or Groot, that doesn't wear clothes, they're kind of the pet. And I don't know that either one of them is supposed to actually be a pet, but then it gives that connotation that, you know...
1: Yeah, I feel like calling them a pet would offend them.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't feel like you want your arms ripped out of the sockets. That was my next comment. Not offend a (laughs) Wookiee.
1: That would be Chewbacca, and Groot would probably rip you in half.
2: I feel like he'd just stick his fingers up your nose, or do something like that. Oh, yeah, that that happened.
1: Or stick a branch through you, like he impaled like five people in once the one time.
2: Yeah, that was kind of (laughs) cool. That that was like, oh, look, he's he's all gentle, and he, but he's big. But, oh, oh okay, he <laughs> can do that.
1: <laughs> uh, Andy, anything else for Guardians that stuck out to you? We'll uh, no, I
0: think, yeah.
1: All right, we will move on to The Mummy, which... All right, so this is a movie franchise that's obviously being rebooted. You may remember the Brendan Fraser-led Mummy trilogy. And yes, it is a trilogy. Some people seem to forget that there was a third movie in this series. Yeah. Um I guess really before we get into the reboot what did you guys think of the Brendan Fraser movies did you like them
0: the first I two, liked yes. 1 and 2 yeah
1: Yeah I agree I think I think the first one actually holds up pretty well I still really like that movie Second one is not as good and the third one's just dog shit it's it's fucking terrible
0: Would you could you count The Scorpion King as part of that franchise as well
2: I was going to say I mean, there was, like, three Scorpion Kings, too.
1: It's a spinoff from that franchise, but I consider the Brendan Fraser starring ones as the trilogy. Like, that's that's okay. the franchise to me.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that, it, like, rings back to me for the original two... I The third one I don't even acknowledge, but the original two was... It, you're right, the first one holds up 100%. The second one, it holds up until they show... It, until like now you look and see how awful the cgi for the rock as yeah. the scorpion king <laughs> yeah. was it was, yeah. bad it was so bad <laughs> it stands out a
1: lot more now
2: <laughs> yeah like it, oh my god that was just awful which is weird
0: because the cg for like that uh um dust storm it yeah, is really badass in that movie, and then they go to the Rock, and you're like, "What the fuck, balls?" They, <laughs> they ran
2: out of money at the end of the movie. Yeah. They were like, "Oh shit!"
0: Like it probably would have looked better if they just strapped a scorpion body to the Rock himself and just
2: did practical <laughs> effects. Yeah, it definitely would have because that—I mean, it, seriously—it looked like WWE 2K whatever year that yeah. was <laughs> it did. with a scorpion body on the Rock. Yeah. And, oh. But the original movies, I thought, were very well done. They didn't feel like a monster movie so much as they just felt like an adventure movie, to me at least. It felt more Indiana Jones than it did horror movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I, and even with that being the case, I do think the first one played up the horror element better than any of the other movies in the series. Yes. Like the second one I feel like is almost a straight up adventure action movie. And the third yeah. one I can't even really remember what the hell happened in that one besides like Jet Li trying to kick some ass but being he really terrible He was probably the best part stuff. of that movie. Yeah, I honestly I can't even remember what the hell the plot for that. I think I saw it once and I was just so disgusted by it I never decided to watch it again and
2: cuz they I'm, have been... I'm not even sure I finished it. Like I know I turned it on at some point and tried to watch it. I don't even know that I actually watched the whole thing.
0: I know they replaced
2: the lead. Rachel lady. Weiss. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember who they replaced her with, but... Yeah, I don't Maria
0: know you... Bello, I think. Oh,
2: really? Oh. Yeah, they took a 180 turn on that one. I just remember... Uh, I
1: don't know why this sticks out to me, but there's one part in that movie where they're in a plane, for some reason, like... Jonathan, like his brother or brother-in-law, whatever, is like in this plane with a goat or something, and the plane has to do like evasive maneuvers, and then like him and the goat like puke on each other, and that was the point where I was like, "This is not funny. It's not. It's just disgusting. I I hate this movie so much."
0: Oh yeah, you're right. I think that was because they had to go to Shangri-La for some reason. Like you don't see them puking, but like Brendan, Brendan Fraser was dying. So they had to go to Shangri-La to save him. Okay, you remember, remember more why. than I do. And I remember Jet Li had this huge stone statue army that they had to try and stop. Yes.
2: Yeah, that's. Coming sounds back very to me. Mandarin. That sounds very Mandarin to me. <laughs> the Ten Rings. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't was, remember even who who played um who played the the son their son in that because he was yeah, older we,
1: yeah grown up son I don't remember either it, we're spending way too much time on a crappy movie I think we should just yeah yeah. There. yeah so yeah I just wanted to sort of get a baseline to see where everybody you know how we felt about the first series and stuff like that and uh you know just to figure out where we can go from there I sort of expected I guess this movie to sort of feel like those like maybe be especially even set in like the 1900s in Egypt and stuff like that like the Brendan Fraser one was Um, but I guess this this one's going to be modern day and from what I understand I think you know we've sort of talked about it on past shows but the the buzzwords in Hollywood right now are shared universe so this is supposed to kick off a shared monster universe that would include the likes of like Frankenstein the Wolfman, Dracula Invisible Man I've even heard uh, Van Helsing
2: possibly being a part
0: of this. Damn it the
2: hell. Are we and, getting the creature from the Black Lagoon?
1: I didn't hear that one tossed around, but I'm not oh. saying it's off the table.
2: So, you can throw in what, the blob as well.
1: Yeah, I don't know what falls well, under like the Universal Monster umbrella. You, so I don't know what the they Universal have.
2: Monster Umbrella would be typically your I mean, you have your big four with the Mummy, the Wolf Man, Dracula, and Frankenstein, right, and then you have kind of the and I guess the creature from the Black Lagoon would be as iconic an image to follow right. along with that, but then you get um Bride of Frankenstein, and you get um. There's a couple others. I think you touched on the Invisible Man. Yeah. Uh, it, it, certain things also touch in, but I would say that the ones I would expect to see from their shared monster universe would be the major ones. Um. Yeah, there was even some
1: discussion of like the uh, the the Luke Evans uh Dracula movie from a couple years ago. If that was part of this, and I think they've confirmed. I think they oh. originally.
2: Dracula Untold. Yes,
1: yeah. I think they originally started that as that was supposed to be the kickoff for this, and now I think they're changing their tune and saying, no, 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 the mummy is now the first
2: one. You know, as much as I did not mind the Dracula movie, I I liked Luke Evans as Dracula. I thought it worked. But I don't feel like it would play into their monster's universe that they're trying to create in present day. Right you know yeah dracula's eternal but i don't i don't feel like he fits the way they'd want him to
1: and that's the thing like i don't know if like if they do this shared universe thing if all these other monsters are just going to have modern retellings like is that what we should expect from this like i don't know if i'd like that
0: yeah i mean there've been some modern retellings and some stuff like
2: did, did anybody see i frankenstein no yes. that was uh Aaron Eckert. uh yeah Oh no, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the young the other one. Um that was James McAvoy and
0: uh Oh, I didn't see that one. Daniel Radcliffe.
2: That? that actually was not terrible, but it was not great either. Like it was I'm glad that I watched it. And, you know, James McAvoy as always was pretty damn good. And same thing with Daniel Radcliffe. He did a good job, but I don't know.
1: How was the name of that movie? Why can't I think of what that's called?
2: I want to say Victor Frankenstein, something like that. It's
1: Yeah, uh, that yeah, I think that's right.
2: It it it's very good. It's just not great. It's not what I was hoping it was going to be. Like I saw those two playing the lead roles in it and I thought, "Oh, this could be amazing." And it it wasn't as good as I was hoping. Yeah. So, yeah. you you see those two leading a movie and it kind of raises your expectations a bit. So,
1: um, all right. So if they, if they start, you know, they're, they're probably going to move forward with this, whether we like it or not. So if they get start kicking off this shared universe with all their, I'm presuming solo movies for all these monsters, and then you get some sort of team up, like what Uh, I'm trying to figure like, what the hell do they do? Like, what's the, what's the reason for the team up? What, who are they after? Like what, I, I don't understand how this would even work as a shared universe.
2: I would say the team up would be more along the lines of the heroes of the movies teaming up. So, like, Tom Cruise teaming up with whoever they cast as Van Helsing, with whoever they cast as this one, that one, and going to hunt them all down. Okay. I i mean, that would be my guess, because... So,
0: Tom Cruise will not defeat the Mummy in this, because we'll have to hunt her down later?
2: Well, it, the Mummy really just, you just kind of negate the curse, you, you know, and then the curse can be reopened. You know, like, it, it, just like with the Brandon Fraser movies, the Mummy can come back.
3: Right,
2: <laughs> you know, just kind of like unless Dracula's death is final. He yeah, I mean, the come only back, thing, you know,
1: the only idea that sort of came to mind was sort of like what you said with with like if Van Helsing becomes its own movie, like if they just if the if the shared universe Avengers style movie is just like Van Helsing sort of like hunting down all these monsters and and going for them. I, I, to me, that's the only way this has to work.
2: Well, the the other thing we. Didn't talk about that is possible for consideration when considering that there could be Tom Cruise defeats the Mummy here, but from the trailer, since I guess we're trying to talk about the trailer, yeah, we're getting um, it. It also appears quite possible that Tom Cruise may be the Mummy.
0: Yes, I was going to mention that as well. Yeah, if you show Tom
1: Cruise rising from the dead, there's obviously something going on there,
2: right? So if he ends up this movie as The Mummy, then that creates a franchise for them because they have Tom Cruise leading the way.
1: Yeah, I and... think that's probably exactly why they changed their tune with the Luke Evans Dracula being the first one, and now we have Tom Cruise for The Mummy. So, nope, this is going to be the first one because we need to lock in Tom Cruise for ten movies. Yeah. Holy fuck, ten movies. No, I don't know. I'm just throwing out a number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, gonna, I was I hoping
0: don't... they didn't sign him for ten fucking movies. He's going to bounce
1: back between this and Mission Impossible for the rest of his life. <laughs> maybe <laughs> or, the, or yeah. the better idea he's basically just turning this movie into a Mission Impossible movie so he's just playing Mission Impossible movies <laughs> his entire okay so social experiment I for this trailer I I went to a buddy of mine at work I didn't show him what I was watching I'm like I got a trailer for you I'm just gonna make you watch it so I showed it to him and not even a minute into the trailer he's going is this Mission Impossible and that's that's the <laughs> online thing for this movie everybody's comparing this to Mission Impossible And I don't think a mummy monster movie should be compared to Mission Impossible.
2: Mission Impossible, mummy protocol.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You just got the tagline for the sequel.
2: I mean, yeah, could be. I mean, it... (sighs) It... I I feel like the trailer definitely does that, and I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing because I don't feel like it's going to have that tone. Yes, Tom Cruise likes to run in his in the movies he's in. He, 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 I, I don't know if it turns in if at any point he's hanging from a cable, done and to attack the mummy or something. I, I'm out, but <laughs> it, I don't think it's gonna end up feeling that way. But I'm not saying you like you the spy know.
1: aspect of it. I'm thinking more of like outrageous action sequences that just keep getting bigger and badder as you go through the movie. That's the sense I'm getting yeah. from the trailer, which, for a movie that I feel like should be focused on the monster and that kind of thing, I don't think you need crazy action sequences and stunt work like that. I don't feel like that's what you take away from the first Mummy with Brendan Fraser, is, like, these crazy action sequences and stuff like that.
2: No. No, I mean, it... I don't know. It, it the, From the first ones, you know, like I said, I get the Indiana Jones feel out of them. It's adventure. It's not really action, and that's you something know, I more feel like adventure to it.
1: this movie leads to rely heavier on is more adventure, less action. I would, I think that's the the mix and tone that I'm not sure if I'm okay with. Again, just from the first trailer, like whether or not different marketing stuff comes out later that to change my tune, but from this first trailer, I'm a little skeptical on this one.
2: I would agree. I mean, my my biggest point of skepticism with the first trailer was. The mummy, I guess herself in this case, it really like looked and felt, and all the stuff going on, just too much like Enchantress from Suicide Squad.
0: <laughs> I, I thought the same exact thing. I can see that,
2: yeah. It, it, there's a reason we're thinking the same thing, because it's like, it, it had that feel to it. And I felt like Enchantress from Suicide Squad was a complete failure of a villain for a movie. And now I'm watching this mummy trailer, and I, I feel like, had I not seen Suicide Squad yet, I wouldn't feel as down about this movie as I do now. Like, I don't feel excited right. for it.
0: Well, the girl playing the mummy has got to do a better job than the girl that played the Enchantress, because holy fuck, that was horrible. But, uh, the yeah. girl that yeah, I have that the girl was playing the mummy. Yeah. yeah. Who is
2: yeah. it? Uh, Sophia Patella. I don't know who that is. The
1: girl from Kingsman with the knife legs. The girl that was the, in the white makeup in Star Trek Beyond. Jayla. Okay. Oh,
2: okay. Okay. Yes, though, then I do have faith in that.
1: Yeah, I... I think she does a really good job.
2: Yes, I would agree.
1: So I guess yeah, I, mean, I guess it just depends what they give her to do. Because I feel like in Kingsman, she had stuff to do. In Star Trek, she had stuff to do. If she's just going to be a faceless, non-talking mummy that they just have to chase... Maybe it won't work out, regardless who they make the mummy.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, that—that's why. Uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Played the mummy in the first ones.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know his name, but I know who you're talking about.
2: I knew his name for a while because I was really hoping they cast him to play Apocalypse for the X Men movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, and it, it like it was my perfect fan cast for him, but it, it he was able to play that character the way he played it because they let them be human at some point. You know I mean? Look right. human. Yeah. And if it's just a mummy wrapped up in bandages or uh, and whatnot, I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays. But, I mean, there's a reason why the Universal Monster movies from back then, the mummy's the one that, one, people really don't want to go back and watch that old version. I mean, hardcore fans do, but... Arnold Voslo. Vosloo. Vosloo? Okay.
1: Is that the guy that was the mummy? Yeah. And the Brendan Fraser? Okay. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have got that. I don't I don't think I know that guy's name.
2: Imhotep. Imhotep. I mean, it, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with it, but I don't know. Like This felt like the mummies looked like it was going to be threatening an entire city and the modern world, and I, I don't know. I kind of feel like if you walked by that today in the street, you probably wouldn't even notice. You'd be like, "Oh, look, it's a cosplayer." What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> you know, like I don't know. I think it it did not inspire me to really want to see it.
1: Okay. Um, Andy, what do you got?
0: Um, I was really expecting more of a retelling of the stories that we're already kind of accustomed to, and this looks like they completely rewrote it. Yeah. So I'm not sure what to think about that. I mean, generally, I may not like Tom Cruise very much, but I generally like his movies. Yeah.
2: Um, I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I one I of my favorite movies is the, him, but... the Last
0: Samurai, and you wouldn't think that Tom Cruise would be good in a movie samurai in it, but the movie's really good. But uh, um, I'm intrigued. I don't know that I'm paying money in the theater. Intrigued though, maybe like wait for Netflix or Redbox. Yeah, (laughs) like a free code from Redbox. You You get a free free medal or whatever. But
2: yeah, I I think it, it it's an interesting choice to start their franchise off with because it very well could be the death of this idea of the shared universe at the same time as the beginning. Yeah, that
1: was sort of my thought, too, is I wonder how much they'll, how much leeway they're going to give this movie. That if it tanks, if their whole shared universe idea goes out the window, or if they're just going to be like, okay, so the first one didn't really do it, let's rework the second one and see if we can bring this back around. And if they have like a three-movie kind of window to win an audience over or if you're there if everybody checks out of the first one if that's if they don't want to put any more money into it to try to do it and that's the end of it.
2: Yeah. I mean you you would think the logical starting point would be Frankenstein, Dracula, or the Wolfman. But they're going mummy and and I'm wondering I, I, too
1: cuz we see in the trailer that Russell Crowe's in the trailer, Russell Crowe according to IMDb cuz it's not specified in the trailer that he is playing Dr. Jekyll. Okay. So I'm wondering if he's going to be, like, the connective tissue between all these movies. Ah, maybe he's the big bad for the... Maybe not even the big bad, but just has a hand in, like, studying all the monsters or something. Because he seems to be, in the voiceover of the trailer, almost telling, I'm assuming, Tom Cruise of, like, Welcome to the World of Monsters type of thing. So he might very well be aware of, like, Frankenstein and Wolfman and Dracula and all these other ones they're trying to introduce
2: and perhaps he creates Mr. Hyde by trying to I don't know fuck with their powers in some way.
1: That actually would be kind of a cool retell like a modern retelling.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean it's possible. I don't I don't know, but it, that would be an interesting twist on it. Um I don't know. I, I I part of me hopes that they get this right because I really would like to see a new Universal Monsters universe in which we can have these stories retold in a modern way. Kind of like they took Godzilla and redid it in a much better way than they had in the 90s. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, that and... movie sucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like Just forget about that one in the 90s and here, look at what we did. We yeah, created man. a real Godzilla movie again. So I hope they can go that route. Because I don't think there's any doubt that, you know, those Godzilla movies with King Kong and everything like that, that's going to make bank. Yeah. You know, the, the King Kong movie, that's getting people in the theater. I just don't know if this is. And, hey, you're right, the, the leash could be very short for this. Because it's signing on Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe, it's not cheap. Uh, no, yeah. one would, like, you know They're dedicating some serious money to this. So... I'm pretty sure I think
1: I kind of want to confirm this but I think uh this movie the the mummy reboot was at least co-written by um Ralph MacCoyre or not Ralph was it Ralph no not Ralph Well uh Chris McCoyre um the guy that directed Tom Cruise for Rogue Nation the Mission Impossible Rogue Nation helped write Rogue Nation pretty sure they did the Jack the first Jack Reacher movie together Okay, okay, so he's been a frequent collaborator with Tom Cruise, and I don't know if he came on when Tom got the job um but i th- and I also think that the uh the director for this movie is a first time director um, mm. yeah uh Alex Kurtzman, who's done script writing a lot like he him and uh Robert Orsi, I think were the writing duo that did a lot of stuff uh within the last I don't know five or ten years. Um, I'm pretty sure they... I think they they co-wrote with, I think, J.J. the two Star Trek movies that J.J. directed. Okay. Um, I think he was involved with... Wait, let me look at his, his writing credits.
2: So definitely leaning more towards action, then.
1: Uh Yeah, he did... I guess he helped write Mission Impossible 3. He did the screenplay for Transformers, Transformers Revenge, Revenge of the Fallen. I don't know if you can... Really, write that up to him. I think some of those movies had a lot of Michael Bay input, so I don't know if they were any good. Um, yeah, Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness, Amazing Spider-Man Two, he was involved with. Um,
2: so some good and some bad.
1: And he's he's got some TV credits too. Um, Alias, Fringe, Sleepy Hollow, Hawaii Five-O. Um,
0: but yeah, as far as director credits, pretty. Fairly popular, so...
1: Yeah, I yeah, I yeah. love Fringe, so...
0: But yeah, yeah you, I think you, this is his
1: first... Because he was actually on tap to direct Star Trek 3, I'm pretty sure. And then his idea and all that stuff got scrapped, and that's when they scrambled to get Justin Lin, and then Simon Pegg, and uh. the other guy, I can't think of his name, to help write the script and get that movie going. Because I think that was a big falling out with Paramount, so... I guess he came over to Universal and is now doing Universal Monsters for them. Oh, but okay. either way, for for him to get this kind of big budget movie as his like debut, like this could be interesting and you know, could be hit or miss for him as a director.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a big undertaking to go to this extent in his first shot. Yeah, what
1: would you do? You're your mm-hmm. director like Brew and you directorial I can't even say it, directorial debut, and you have to direct Tom Cruise in a movie. <laughs> Wait, is he um, hard to work with? <laughs> I i don't I, think he's hard to work with, but I think he, like, almost takes over the movie. Like, he has a lot of input on stuff that he is involved in.
2: Not even just input. He takes over... It, it's hard for Tom Cruise to play any character that's outside of Tom Cruise. Yeah. You know, you, you watch him in movies, if feels like the same guy a lot of the time in the movie, which is, it's a charismatic character, it's a fun character to watch and everything, but he really doesn't feel like a different character (laughs) in the movies he makes these days, and it doesn't look like it's going to be any different from the trailer in this.
1: We have have Ethan Hunt hunting mummies.
2: You know, I would take the crossover if they went that route.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It would be no weirder than the... uh, um... Twenty One Jump Street and Men in Black crossover. So, <laughs> that's true.
1: <laughs> as far as I know, that thing is like stuck in development hell. As much as they want to say that they're working on that, I don't think it's gone any further. So I'm I'm kind of glad it got stalled out. But I guess in a few years, yeah, if this shared universe thing keeps rolling, we'll see what happens.
2: That yeah, that would be strange. I think that I I think honestly that would be worse than. Mission Impossible and The Mummy. That, that would be way worse.
1: <laughs> you wouldn't like, see Jonah if... Hill and Chan- Channing Tatum
2: fighting some aliens? Honestly, I would love to see that movie if they just took those two and they made a New Men in Black movie. And didn't try and make it part of the Jump Street series. just I mean, I feel like that's those two essentially what they would and... do.
1: Because Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jane- Jones ain't coming back.
2: No. Not for that, especially.
1: Yeah. So I think whatever's involved with that crossover has to be Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum.
2: Oh, I know. I'm just saying, it, why have it be a crossover? Why not just make a new Men in Black movie? Reboot Men in Black with those two playing <laughs> lead characters and get Ice Cube in there somehow and make it work. And I'd, I'd be fine with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, they should just do it as the crossover, like, they all got promoted to the MIB offices
2: there you go just
1: so they can keep those characters intact and bring them into another franchise
2: yeah I mean it, that would be something they could do yeah that God, could be fun. what are we talking about yeah okay um. so anything
1: <laughs> else for the mummy or we'll move on to our last one here nothing else all right nope okay uh so continuing with the uh, the shared universe theme I guess um Paramount is trying to do their best with their, quote-unquote, most popular franchise, Transformers. Uh, so we've, I'm pretty sure we've talked about it on the show before, that at one point after Transformers 4, which was Extinction, mm-hmm. I think, uh, they, Paramount assembled, like, their own Transformers writing team, which I think consisted of close to, like, ten people. Uh, and they like, got them in the room for, like, a month or so and just tried to map out what a shared universe with Transformers would be. So that would include, like, sequels and spinoffs and wherever they want to take different characters and whatnot. So for better or for worse, this franchise looks to be coming annualized. We're getting Transformers The Last Knight next year, which is essentially Transformers 5. 2018, we're getting a Bumblebee spinoff. And then in 2019, we're supposed to get Transformers 6. I don't think they've announced anything else yet past that, but there are more spinoffs and other sequels definitely being planned. I've heard them even talk about Transformers 7 at some point. So, sort of, I guess, really, before we get in the trailer, like, where do you guys stand on Transformers? Not the movies, but just, like, the brand, the toys, comics, cartoons, all that stuff. Are, are you guys fans of the Transformers?
0: You used to be a huge fan when I was younger. I was G.I.
2: Joe kid.
1: <laughs> no Transformers, yeah, all GI Joe.
2: Yeah, GI Joe, Ninja Turtles, and X Men. I, I that that was my stuff as a kid. I I mean, I probably had a couple Transformers, but I never really got into it.
1: Okay, yeah, I never. I don't think I I must have missed the Transformers train. I think that was a little bit before my time. I know that uh, Mike Romano, if we would have had him on here, he's a big Transformers guy too. I was kind of hoping he'd he'd help us out for this one. Um, so yeah, I don't know get you know since we're all sort of like almost like fair weather fans maybe of the of the transformer stuff just where do you guys feel about the movies on board with the movies think the movies are crap where where do you stand
0: um the first movie was fairly solid it was okay um everything after that were really
2: downhill slope okay um personally i like the third one the best really um, okay i honestly i like Galvatron. It's, I like the villain the best in the movie. But, I mean, let's face it, from a... If we were viewing these movies as cinema, they're all crap. <laughs> um, Too much Bayhem. <laughs> <it>, we, we <laughs> we're looking at these as quite simply, are they a fun action movie? And I think, so far they've all been fairly fun action movies. And I think definitely getting away from Shia LaBeouf was the right move with the last one and going to Mark Wahlberg. It's a transformer. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, there's that part of it, but there's also <laughs> the part that is just. Shia LaBeouf's kind of gone off the reservation oh, as definitely. of late. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't think they wanted to deal with him anymore because I'm sure he was interesting to deal with. Um, but I, I think that they- they're enjoyable to watch, they're a fun watch in a lot of ways but they're not something that where i'm i think to myself like oh i gotta go back and watch transformers i don't know dark of the moon yeah like i i gotta go back and watch that one today Eh. you know if it's on i will probably continue to watch it just for the entertainment value yeah but i'm not going out of my way for it
1: all right i think you're in the minority mike because i i i'm more in line with Andy, I think the first one holds up for me. I kind of like that one. All the other ones, I think, are crap. The third one would probably be my second favorite, I guess, out of the other out of four. But well, two wasn't in, the
0: third one, where that big robot had nuts, that was two. Oh uh, yeah,
1: that was that was Michael Bay at his finest. Let's put yeah. a ball joke in here. Um, but yeah, but I think two and four are pretty downright terrible, in my opinion. Like. Uh, I don't know if they have any... I'm trying to remember what happens in 2 and 4 now. Because I'm trying to... I don't know if there are any even really deeming sort of like action sequences and stuff. Well,
0: you know, okay. I I remember being really excited for 4 because they were going to bring out the dino. Dinobots. Yeah, they're in it for like ten and minutes, and then and then they they I I feel like they really fucked them up, but, which sucks because like Grimlock is one of my favorite Transformers from when I was younger, and it's just like hey, I get to see Grimlock, and I was like, yay!
1: Hey, it's like what a two and a half hour, two and a half or two forty five ish movie, and they're in it
2: for ten minutes. Yeah, it was kind of like oh, there's Grimlock, and it's gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, yeah. I mean, and you like, have to I wait a long time too. to
0: get to that. And if that's the reason you watch the movie, which is the reason I watch the movie, I'm like, like, good lord! I could have done so many things before I actually got to see Grimlock, and but I had to watch the stupid movie first. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: went to I went to the theater to see four, and it was, you know, I was just going to try to give it a chance because I'd I'd seen all the other ones. So I was like, sure, okay, trailers look sort of interesting. I'll go for an action movie, and. The story was so fucking bad. People would make really really stupid dumb decisions that I had no idea why they were making them and it irritated the fuck out of me. That halfway through yeah, I just yeah. I wanted to leave because nothing made sense in the story of this movie.
2: Yeah, Kelsey Grammer's character entirely was just like
1: I totally forgot what he was in that fuck? fucking
2: movie. He, exactly. Oh yeah,
0: I I he just said Kelsey Grammer and I was like racking my brain like when was he in the movie?
2: <laughs> He plays like the evil dude.
1: Yeah, who wants to like just kill transformers or something, right?
2: Yeah, Ish- he's like one of he's one of, he's he's almost like the overarching human villain in the movie.
1: Yeah, that just shows you how good his villain was. He's largely forgettable <laughs> from the movie. Um Yeah. All right, so let's move <laughs> on to, to the trailer for this one. What do you guys think of this trailer for the last night that we saw? Do you think it's going to I don't know, like maybe emphasize your opinion some more. Like the same, you think more of the same or you think it'll change sort of your view of the franchise? You think this could be oh, enough to kickstart this shared universe that they want to do so badly?
2: Oh, it's 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 more of the same. Um it's oh look, Optimus Prime is gone again. Oh, he's back, but this time he's bad. <laughs> <laughs> like it, how how many times can they do the we need Optimus Prime back routine? Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, is that going to be the storyline for 6 and 7, too, that they're... Yeah. I mean, it seems like that's the story every time. It,
0: it, the trailer was weird, too, to me, because it seemed like they were getting uh, giving off this really medieval feel to begin, with, like, the fire archers and that dragon, and like, wow, they really are going to introduce, like, um, King Arthur to this, you know? And then they went, Transformers! Completely! Yeah. You know, it, like, it, they they didn't have any connection there to me. Well, uh, what... I was surprised that Anthony Hopkins is in it. Yes. Yeah, I don't know why the yeah. hell he,
1: how they got him to sign uh, yeah, up Yeah, like,
0: maybe he was yep. contractually obligated for that, for that, for a Michael Bay movie or something. I don't <laughs> fucking know, but.
1: He wanted to sign up for his own Michael Bay him. <laughs>
2: You know, maybe I like explosions. Was... I'll sign here. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much it. Maybe he was bargaining to be the voice of Splinter moving forward. Uh, you know, was... <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like, it... put me in a turtles
1: movie, but first, put me in this <laughs> god awful Transformers movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right, I'll do that if I can be Splinter. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know how they got him, but I think it's awesome that they did. Yeah, it is a redeeming I mean, that was factor like...
1: for the movie. Yes.
2: Yeah, big time. Um.
0: It's still not going to be the hook that draws me into it, though.
1: Yeah, Andy, going back no. to what you were saying about the medieval stuff, I feel like since they're setting up like these spinoffs and all this other crap, they might like sprinkle some breadcrumbs like for different time periods, and then it's like, oh, if that catches fire with people when they see this movie, let's just make a movie set in that time period with Transformers. So if you really like this medieval section that they're going to do, maybe King Arthur-esque, we could get a total Transformers movie about King Arthur in the medieval times.
0: That could be a thing. Yeah, maybe. What but the Black people... Knight is actually our Transformer or something. I, I don't know how it's going to work, but.
2: I was going to say, like, how does that even function I, in medieval times what could they i guess possibly do but watch Or i,
0: I guess <laughs> the dragons themselves could be transformers and not actually mythical beasts
1: wait wouldn't that like retcon the whole transformers movie universe because in the first transformers movie don't they get there for the first time like isn't that them arriving in like 2000 something
2: no because... well they they retcon that again in four because no, that's, that's how true. the dinosaurs They they get Grimlock and all that.
1: Oh, yeah, and then they retconned it again before that in 3 with the whole moon landing thing. (laughs) How many times are they going to reset their fucking universe? (laughs) (laughs) Every movie,
3: apparently.
0: Well, I mean, how long was uh, Megatron encased in ice in the first one? I mean, they said he was encased in ice for... Like, yeah. thousands and thousands of years. Right, so... okay, but that's,
1: like, that's the first movie. That's them setting up the universe. If Megatron was here first. He, as soon as he landed, he got frozen. The rest of them show up later, and then they have to fight. Cool. Second one, <laughs> what, somebody was, like, waiting in space or something to, like, who were the Fallen? They were just like hanging around waiting for something to happen and then they popped up on know. Earth and did some shit. All
0: I know is that's the one where Shia LaBeouf went to robot heaven and that was yeah. like, fuck this movie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then the third one was like, oh, we had the, they crashed on the moon and then we took one out of there and like saved him or like kept him in a museum or something and tested some stuff. I don't remember. And then, yeah, the fourth one was, what? what the fuck was the fourth one now again? Oh, the Dinobots being there like long ago.
3: Yeah. Well,
1: that, mm, the more I talk
2: well, about was this, it the, the third it or the fourth off. one that had Galvatron.
1: Uh I want to say the fourth one cuz I don't think it was the, fir- the third one.
2: I'm, I'm talking confused. about like the big
1: the big fucking black ship thing.
2: No, Isn't Galvatron's that... when Megatron gets like altered by the nanobots or whatever. Uh he becomes shit. Galvatron. Megatron transforms into Galvatron. Like the company makes him. And I want to say it was three, but they all kind of just meld into one in my yeah. mind.
0: Yeah, like, two, three, and four are just kind of a big fucking jumble.
2: <laughs> yeah, they it's, really are. Like, it, I, I can't remember if it's fucking Shia LaBeouf or Mark Wahlberg running away from Galvatron. Like, it's.
1: Because <laughs> the third one was like, again, I, think, I feel like we're, we're spending way too much time on this, but the third one was like, uh,. I know, like the second half, they are forced to leave at one point, but they didn't actually leave, and then they like come back and just level Chicago, fighting a big worm thing. Oh, that's right. But I don't, oh no, because uh, Pretty Boy, what's his face, McDreamy was the bad guy in that one.
0: Yes. I don't, no, I have to.
1: I don't remember how or I... why or what he was doing, but he he was the bad human guy in that one.
0: Yeah, because uh, didn't Josh Duamel and um, Tyrese. Tyrese have to, like, infiltrate with their little unit to destroy the main headquarters of the city of Chicago to get the city back or something? Something like that.
2: Okay, yeah, he was... Galvatron was in the fourth one, not in the third. Okay. So
0: that one was your favorite?
2: No. Not, not that I remember. Like I was I was thinking of him being in the third and it just
0: <sighs>
2: <sighs> they really do all just transform into one.
0: It's they just... oh they're all more than meets the eye.
2: <laughs> I, I... <laughs> all
0: these bad Transformers puns, we have to stop. It's so bad.
1: <laughs> Mike's saying all the Transformers movies transform into one. And you're saying they're all more than meets the eye. This is enough. I think we've <laughs> capped this off pretty well. <laughs> sort of trying to steer us back on track with the trailer. And maybe someone can explain this to me, because I'm not too familiar with this character, but I've seen a lot of people online pointing at this big busted planet-looking thing that I think is, like, flying through space coming towards the moon in the trailer. They're saying that could be Unicron. Does Anybody know what Unicron is? Because I do not.
0: Uh, nope. Google does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't get a chance to do that before I did this
2: show. Let's see what the deal with Unicron is. Okay.
1: From my understanding, I think it's like a, like a bigger transformer. It doesn't look like a planet. It's just a big robot, which kind of feels like if they make that planet-looking thing Unicron, all I can think of is... The Rise of the Silver Surfer, Fantastic Four, Galactus. Like, this nebulous thing that's supposed to be a person in space.
2: Alright, so Unicron is the eternal arch enemy of his twin brother Primus. Also known as the Lord of Chaos, the Chaos Bringer, and the Planet Eater. He is dedicated to consuming the multiverse. His massive form is powered by the consumption of planets, moons, stars, and even the very fabric of existence. Galactus! I was going to say, so it is Galactus! (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, it basically he's yeah, just a enormous transformer that can go Galactus. Yeah. All right, so so who's Primus? His twin brother. I I'm guessing the, the
3: person good that version, gave
2: Optimus Autobot
0: version of him.
2: <laughs> Let's take a look at that. I can. I can Google or, that
0: too. <laughs> or like, is, are are the is that like why Optimus is a Prime is like Primus's essence in Optimus? I feel like that has to be something tied to that. Yeah, because you wouldn't think that you would have a Primus in an Optimus Prime.
2: Okay. okay, Primus is the creator god of the Transformers, an ancient and ethereal being whose origins date back to the beginnings of the universe itself. Primus is a multiversal force for good. His life force existing across multiple realities and infinite alternate universes. In each one, he is the final defense against Unicron. Planet uh, Primus eventually transforms himself into the planet Cybertron. So, oh, okay. Uh, there's that, and his life force—the uh, spark of each transformer—is a small piece of Primus's essence. The all-spark. So, uh, so All Spark. So essentially. Comes back around. The, the Allspark is Primus. Pieces of him. Primus is ashes. Yes. So, there's that. <laughs> 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 I mean, it, the idea of two... I mean, Michael Bay just said, well, they have Unicron and Primus. We could have them do battle in outer space and have a giant robot battle. Uh, perhaps that was the idea behind including Unicron, if that's the case. If that's unicron
1: yeah we don't actually know if that is unicron that just seems to be a lot of people's theories and speculations i'm really hoping that we're at the point where you know geek culture in itself should be okay well especially like the way superhero movies are very popular like transformers i think would fall into that umbrella it's probably getting a bigger audience thanks to superhero movies and nostalgia and stuff like that that We should be at a point now where if you have something that looks and sounds like Galactus, just put fucking Galactus in space. Don't make this cloud looking thing or a planet looking thing that does the same thing but isn't actually a transformer. Like, just give me a big fucking transformer.
2: But as is, from what it says, he does transform from a planet in, you know, like it's.
1: Uh, So some people turn into a car, he turns into a planet?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's so large, it, it really wouldn't make sense for him to turn into what exactly you know like a
0: <laughs> giant fire truck yeah <laughs> giant just fire truck, truck in our space trucking through space
1: <laughs> that would
2: be awesome why not come on you know, water right. has, you, is his booster <laughs> even better just give me the uh oh, what the hell do they call it in space balls the winnebago with wings oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> just give me a giant one of those or or even better uh, what was it the uh, mega maid
0: Mega Maid, yeah. <laughs> She's gone from suck to blow. <laughs> I mean,
2: why not? That's the scale we're talking about is Mega Maid, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> vacuum, and they did that in the 80s. Suck the air like, out of planet.
1: Come on, let's make something like that now.
2: <laughs> yeah. I agree.
1: That's how he can devour planets. He sucks them up in the vacuum.
2: <laughs> like, come no, on. That's, a, that's his maid, Consuela. <laughs> no, no, no.
1: <laughs> this thing's writing itself. Uh, all right. So, final question: Will you guys actually see this movie, Transformers, la- the last night in the theater? Negative. Is this trailer enough to get you in there?
2: It, no, Negative. I haven't seen a single one of them in the theater. So
1: none
0: at all. Okay. Even though none, you were yeah. seem to be the the higher proponent for these. Yeah, I saw the first one in the theater, I think, and I saw the second one, and that was a mistake, and decided not to see the third and fourth.
1: I think I'd seen all of them in the theater, to tell you the truth. Holy hell. I'm I, i I'm a theater goer. I like seeing stuff in the movie theater, so I'll usually give it a
0: try. Yeah, as am I, but man, two sucked. Two was Yeah, two was bad. And I was like, I'm not making that fucking mistake again. Well, I'm always Honestly. hopeful that like they'll improve.
1: And after four movies, well, yeah, I'm and not then after sure I watched,
0: then I watched three on Netflix, or I don't think Netflix was around at that, maybe like on demand or something like that. And I was like, "Yep, glad I didn't see this in the theater." <laughs> and then I saw the fourth one. I'm like, "Yep, glad I didn't see this in the theater." <laughs> they go
1: on way too fucking long. If he could trim them to two hours, I might be able to do a little bit better. But that last half hour is like, "Oh my god," it's just an extended action sequence for no reason.
2: Yeah. It, it, it really does feel like an action sequence version of Return of the King. You know, <laughs> it it just—it's like, oh, he's dead, but no, he's getting back up. All right, let's do this again. <laughs> It—they it, it, definitely drag on way too long. You know, for something with an epic and thorough storyline, a long movie does make sense. For something with a storyline of robots are going to battle each other, it, we don't need two hours and thirty minutes plus for these things. cut out the
1: human characters. No one cares about the human characters. We want to see robots kick the shit out of each other.
2: Exactly. Give us a Godzilla movie where they just kind of kick the human characters (laughs) as they're doing what they're doing. I mean, that would be fine.
1: You could trim those movies down to an hour without the human people in there.
2: All the same, think about the crossover potential there if they could get that through. Godzilla, King King Kong, Kong, and Transformers. Yeah. Why not? Although well, I I don't think the Transformers stand much of a chance, but I think it would be great.
1: Yeah. Give be, it be, give it time. You know. If if the oh, Trans yeah. Well, no, because the Transformers aren't ever gonna not make money. For some no. reason, Transformers Four made over a billion dollars. It was like the only movie that you're the first movie the year it came out that hit a billion dollars. So Transformers
0: Four made a billion dollars. At least. Yeah. It made over you're that. F- fucking with me.
1: No. They so they, they are critically those movies panned, make bank. and yet they make. I don't know if it's like just international. I think a lot of it comes international, but god damn it, those things.
2: They're... Oh, Ch- China places one of the biggest markets for movies. Period. I mean, they they their movie markets three times the size of ours. Oh
1: yeah, and I think they just devour I these Transformers think... movies.
2: Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, I think domestically it did not do that great, but internet. It's kind of like Avatar. Avatar did great here, but internationally it did like triple what it did here. It, it, you know, certain things just pop off in, in Asia that make crazy money.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to look but, up some of the some of the numbers here. Uh, Age of Extinction. Yeah. Okay. So, Age of Extinction, domestic did two hundred and forty-five million. Foreign, eight hundred and fifty-eight million.
0: My God. So
1: it's one point one billion dollars.
2: I would bet foreign. It probably outperformed The Force Awakens.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. Let me, let me try. Force to- Awakens is like the highest-grossing movie ever. Now, but
1: third highest, I think.
2: I thought, it was, I thought it Well, it didn't beat Avatar, I don't think. But it didn't
1: beat Avatar and it did not beat Titanic. James Cameron no. still has the first one in two highest grossing movies of all time.
2: I I will consistently still call bullshit on all of them. Um it, not Avatar necessarily, but it, Gone with the Wind technically is the highest grossing movie ever. Because it's been re released in theaters around the country for almost a hundred years and it's just continually made money, but it's not noted in the same way it sold more tickets than any ever. But the reason it pisses me off is the re-releases. What did it make when it first released? That's what matters to me. The the re-releases of Titanic that they've made money off of just kind of drive me nuts.
1: Well, I've been a proponent for, I don't care because you have to adjust for inflation every time, every couple years for movies that make money. I think you just need to base it on ticket sales. How many tickets does a movie sell? That is your yeah. your baseline, and that's what that's what we should be counting for what is the best movie of all time.
2: Wow, well, best movie of all time, I don't think. <laughs> but well, I mean, the highest like, ticket I... sales is... To get that ranking, I think I agree, because with a movie ticket price now, one, back in the day, you went in, there was one price. Yeah. There was not, oh, do you want to see it in regular, in 3D, in... IMAX 3D. How about IMAX 3D with a D box? Yeah, you're at like a fifty dollar movie ticket, and <laughs> like it. How many of those sold that amped up the price on all of this? So,
1: uh, so I looked up Force Awakens. It did make one point one billion international. Oh shit! Hundred twenty four million came from China.
2: That's it. Yep. That's not much from China.
1: 163 from United Kingdom. I think those are the highest for foreign. Germany
2: did 111 million. What did it end up doing total?
1: Total foreign or total... Total total. Total 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 is
2: 2.0 billion. And that doesn't put it above Titanic?
1: Uh...
3: Because I Titanic. thought
2: Titanic was just concerned with Domestic going above Aven- Avengers when they re-released it. James Cameron just wanted to hold the top two spots, so he re-released it for Domestic. Titanic I, I was... is
1: one point, or 2.1 billion really? worldwide.
2: Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, so, it's, so its Avatar was, I think, close to 3 billion, I think, right? It was like 2.8 or something?
2: Yeah, Avatar was far and away... It just surpassed everything.
1: Yeah, two point seven billion for Avatar. Titanic's two point one. Force Awakens is two zero. I think Avengers is still number four. Uh, Could be one point five billion. So I don't know if maybe it's not that because it was number three at one point.
2: Yeah, it was when it first. Like yeah, so Force Awakens
1: when it took the third spot and pushed it down to four. So it's got to still be number four all time.
2: Are you sure about that?
1: Uh, No. <laughs> oh, actually, Jurassic World probably made a shit ton of money. I wonder where that's at. Yeah, I was... uh, You're right. Jurassic World beat it.
2: 1.6. Yeah.
1: Okay, now that we've gone down the box office mojo rabbit hole, <laughs> I think it is time and to it... wrap this one up.
2: You got something Sounds else, Mike? Good. No, I was just going to say, if you look up, it has adjusted for inflation numbers. On the highest grossing movies of all time, you can get adjusted for inflation. Oh, okay. And at the top of that list is Gone with the Wind. And, there you go, you were right. Uh, but Avatar still is number two, I believe. If it'll scroll, there we go. Now, Titanic is number two. And then it's pretty much what you would expect uh, the rest of the way, I believe. You gave me the wrong... Yeah, it's Avatar, Star Wars... The original Star Wars is actually number three and adjusted.
1: Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, that's... Yeah, the, okay. That makes sense.
2: Um,
1: Alright, so I think uh, we've covered all the trailers that uh, we wanted to. At least these three, the best we could. Um... As I mentioned, I think we're going to probably try to talk about Spider-Man. I think Mike and I might try to get together to do that tomorrow, and then I'll probably sort of s- segue that in somewhere over here in this point of the-, of the show. I mean, I guess it gives me a reason to use the, the Wayne's World transition. I don't use that enough. But, uh, <laughs> we'll just throw that in some- somewhere around here. <laughs> all right so welcome to our little special bonus segment that we decided to do now that the spider-man homecoming trailer has dropped uh we Mike and I I can only get Mike back uh I couldn't I couldn't get Andy convince Andy to come back uh so it's just the two of us talking about the spider-man trailer uh we got a chance to watch it we haven't we talked a little bit actually right before we started recording but for the most part we haven't talked about the trailer at all so I have no idea how he's thinking about all this um so I know we've talked about it on past episodes. Uh, This Spider-Man movie is a bit of an enigma because it's technically a Sony movie, but for all intents and purposes has been made by Marvel Studios, which means it can be considered part of the MCU, which is why we get Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark in the trailer and a couple other MCU nods uh, in there. So we'll see, I guess, where it goes from here. We can't really predict... How sony is and this Marvel deal are going to play this character in this franchise, we're kind of just crossing our fingers and hoping for the best. not the best plan as far as I'm concerned, but you know if the movies keep making money, maybe they can keep playing nice together and and sharing this character that everybody loves so much um so we're just gonna probably just get really into it uh Mike, since we haven't really talked about the trailer, what did you think?
2: well, first uh Tom Holland still from what I've seen looks like a good Peter Parker. He yes. pulls off, you know, he pulls off the character I think a lot better than we've seen so far from Toby and Andrew. I feel like uh, he's the
1: first one that's going to be able to play both sides well, like Spider-Man and Peter Parker. And like, a I high feel like student. Toby did Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know, Toby did Peter Parker pretty well and I thought Andrew Garfield did Spider-Man well. Yes. But we haven't, I don't think we've had that good mix of both sides yet. And Tom, he, just from the trailer even, he seems to
2: do, yeah, I'm with you, really, really good. Yeah, he pulls off awkward very, very well. Mm-hmm. It's a natural awkward. It, like, I always felt like Toby Maguire's awkward was forced.
1: I've it, seen it compared to, like, the Gosh G. Williker kind of yeah. thing. And as soon as yeah. I heard the description, I was like, that fucking nails it. That's perfect.
2: It, it absolutely does. And, like, it, that always felt. Like I said, it felt forced, and Tom Holland feels more natural in that yeah. sense of being awkward um and I think that's one thing I would draw on my initial reaction. the other is um the vulture suit looks fucking awesome, um okay, you know, there like you go. that was a concern I had, you know that we hadn't got to see yet what the vulture suit was gonna look like, you know, we knew it was Michael Keaton, we didn't know. You know what it was going to look like because the vulture in the comics does not have a suit. He just kind of is a bald, ugly guy with wings. Um, well,
1: he has some which, sort of like armored type thing, right? Yeah, like but something he
2: wears. It's not what this is.
1: Oh no, no, no! This is yeah, this I mean, is definite tech.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely tech, and it's definitely nice that they threw in the fur just for yeah. the nod to the comics because that's part of the vulture's character. You know, it's there, it's one of the iconic things about how they drew the character, was that fur neck lining. Um, Now, real quickly, because I think like
1: after we were done recording last night, you and I sort of talked after the fact about this trailer and what we were hoping to see, and you had some reservations about the Vulture as a character in this movie. So I didn't know if this trailer sort of won you over a little bit more for that. Um... I mean, we don't get a lot of him, like we get a couple shots of him in the suit, and Michael Keaton has maybe two lines in the trailer, so it's not a lot, but I just didn't know if that was enough for you to to calm you down a little bit.
2: I mean, I'm not worried about Michael Keaton. I'm never worried about Michael Keaton pulling (laughs) off a role. Like, that's not, that wasn't my concern. It was just my concern that, you know, the first chance we're getting for a Marvel Studios made Spider-Man. My concern was that we were just going to get the Vulture, and I guess the shocker is going to be a villain in this movie as well, but yeah. I just kind of felt like for the first time through, I really wanted it to be a a big bang of a villain that, you know, don't get me wrong, the Vulture is iconic in Spider-Man's universe, but he's still far down Spider-Man's list yeah. of villains as far as the most iconic villains he has. And, you know, I think we had talked that we both kind of wished it had been Venom, um, yeah, yeah. and something we didn't talk about and that has always been my dream Spider-Man movie since they have started was Craven the Hunter. Um, a Craven a storyline just plays into such a great movie if they do it right. Um, and that's a villain they
1: haven't tapped yet like on any of the Spider-Man movies, the Sony ones prior to. So I feel like he's just ripe for, you know, like he's waiting in the wings to be used by someone
2: yeah, and I, I feel like he's—it's such a good villain that you could do a lot with. So, I mean, that was really my reservation was just that I did—I wasn't sure about the vulture, and I'm still not sure because, you know, the tech part of it is interesting, and we're gonna have to see how they explain away the tech. I, I have a hunch on that. Um, I, some of his like the
1: there's a little piece of his wings that almost look like repulsors.
2: Right, but we know. Stark is not making the Vulture's armor. Like, we right. We know that, and we know that the only other person in the Marvel Universe we know that can pull that off is dead, I do believe, because Ivan Vanko did not survive Iron Man 2, correct? Correct. So, the qu- the question comes... Where's this coming from now? Well, the um, other,
1: like, arms dealer that's still around in the MCU is Justin Hammer. That's true, Justin and
2: Ulysses Claws there. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah. uh, But what I will say is for those who wish to have a little bit of a spoiler, I'm not going to get into what it is, but look on the IMDB page, scroll down a little ways for the full cast. You'll see the inclusion of somebody there that... uh, is more of an explanation for this. I won't get into who it is, but, (laughs) um, the presence of the character got me very excited for the movie more so than even the vulture and the shocker could do. Bringing the character in that they're bringing could have massive repercussions for the entire MCU. Okay. Um, Okay. And I think that is just awesome that they're doing it. I have my reservations about the person they cast, though, because I've literally never heard of them before. Um, (laughs) Well, that could go either
1: way, then. It could be really awesome or really bad, so we'll have to just wait and see, I guess.
2: Right. It it, it just... The guy does not look like the character at all, so... Eh. But, nonetheless, it's out there. You can go and look and find it. I'm not going to spoil it on the show here. Um, But where... And nothing says that that's actually... I mean, it, it's the answer for it, but the the, <laughs> the, the tech alone is, it, it just looked badass to me, like when he just pops the wings out and comes to a stop coming straight down at the screen. Yeah. That felt like, alright, now the villain looks cool. Yeah. Um, that being said, um, I have seen pictures of the Shocker in, in costume, you know, it, and, at the same time that I was very impressed with the Vulture, I wasn't quite as impressed with Shocker. However, the pictures I did see kind of gave it more of a feel of, like, in Civil War, when you see Spider-Man's gear before he ever gets involved with Stark, the Shocker's gear had a lot of that feel to it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Instead of advanced gear, and I think that that could play into it, too, that perhaps Vulture and this other guy um find Shocker and kinda give him a bit of a boost um in terms yeah, of what he's capable of.
1: I yeah, I guess I was kind of expecting like more comic book uh inspired, I guess maybe costume from him, like even putting on the mask and like that kind of color scheme and stuff. And I think the shot that we get of him, it looks like he has some sort of gauntlet on, I think his right his right hand. That probably produces, like, the energy blast and stuff that he does. But other than maybe, like, his forearms and a little bit up to his uh, biceps and stuff, like, that kind of color scheme for the character that you're used to is about it. That's the only thing that sort of seemed recognizable to me. Had some tinges of yellow and stuff in there. Um,
2: let me see. I I can send you the pictures I found of it. Um, if I can find them again. But he, uh... The, the stills they have of it, it, he has those gauntlets on both arms.
1: Okay, I think um, I only saw that one. Maybe, And I'm getting confused, because I think they did release the first, like, the official trailer, and then there was an international trailer that came out. I've watched them both, so I don't know if I'm maybe... Like, the international one, I think, had a few slightly different scenes in there, so maybe I'm thinking of what I saw in the international one.
2: Okay. I actually forgot to watch the international one. I know we had talked about that, and I actually completely forgot about it and didn't get to watch it. But there is the major image I found um, of what they know the shocker is going to look like.
1: Okay, yeah, that's definitely he does have a costume.
2: Yeah, it does. I mean, it kind of has that more low tech feel to it, like. like I said, kind of how Tom Holland's own Spider-Man gear looked before Stark came along.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's not the... It wasn't exactly the one that I saw, because I saw him without a mask. Okay. Was the shot that I saw. And now I'm trying to see if I can comb through one of these trailers and find it real quick and give you like a timestamp, but it might take too long for me to find out where the hell I saw that at.
2: And, so I don't I mean, remember if it was like
1: the beginning of the trailer, end of the trailer. I, I don't remember. I just remember seeing it.
2: it the, the guy they cast is Bokeem Woodbine. Um, I don't know how thrilled I am about that. Like, I feel like they kind of blew their wad on Michael Keaton. And they were like, they kind of punted for the shocker. It feels <laughs> like, you know... Okay, I, I got
1: it. Sorry, I didn't okay. mean to interrupt. I got excited. No, Uh If, if you find the international trailer... It is at the 57 second mark. And he's just in like a hoodie with... seems like the the yellow color scheme starts at the arm of the jacket that he's wearing. It just kind of goes up above his elbow. And he has one gauntlet thing on his right hand side. So that must be maybe like the beginning of the shocker. and Maybe he ends up in the outfit that you have seen.
2: Um, Possible. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it still doesn't look like a finished shocker in the image I have there. Yeah, you said fifty-seven.
1: Fifty-seven seconds. You find it?
2: Yeah, it, that looks to me like you know maybe that's the start of the shocker, or maybe he's like incognito at that time. You know, he, he's not in his battle-ready costume, right? Per se. Um, I don't know. It, it looks yeah, interesting.
3: Yeah,
1: because that's what that that's... I mean, just from that shot, that was what I expected them to go with for the movie. So if he ends up in a full costume like you showed, I'd feel a little bit better about that.
2: I'd feel better if the costume looked even more like the character. Like, I feel like we we talked about this history, too, taking the source material and going away. Shocker, one of the coolest things about that character is also his costume. Yeah. The, The Shocker's costume is just awesome. So taking that away from him in some way I I don't necessarily like. And I feel like that's where a lot of these Spider-Man movies have gone astray with their villains is that they try to put their own take on the villain's costume and it's like, I don't don't understand why. If they did the same thing to Spider-Man, people would be in an uproar and would refuse to see it if Spider-Man had uh, a costume that wasn't you know, the Spider-Man we all know and love. But then they yeah. get to the villains, and they're like, well, the villains are a little too over the top, so we're going to change them.
1: Well, I feel like and... they tried that with the the first Amazing Spider-Man. That was a little bit of a departure from, the like, the classic look of the Spider-Man costume. And then what they do in Amazing Spider-Man 2, they revamped it to look like the classic Spider-Man costume.
2: That's true. It, it, I mean, it still wasn't that much of a departure, though. I mean, it was a departure, but no, it no, wasn't, no. like, the departure of... The Green Goblin to what Willem Dafoe played. Um, oh, right. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it it was slightly different, but it wasn't, you know, huge. And
1: Well, speaking of the costume, what do you think of the wings? Because we had had a little bit of that discussion last night, too.
2: I mean, I, I think they did what I expected. I, I mean, I wasn't expecting, you know, the feathered wings that you get. Um, I was definitely expecting them to do the same thing they did with the falcon. And not give them the feathered wings, but give them the tech wings of some sort. Um, yeah. Which, you know, it's it's kind of strange when you think about Marvel Universe and how many characters have, like, angel's wings, and they just... Well, <laughs> you know, one's the vulture, one's the falcon, one's actually angel, and it's like... Boy, they really had that theme going on for a while there, <laughs> where, you know, they, they like... They really
1: like to see people fly, that's all.
2: Yeah, it's just... I don't know. It... it, it
1: I mean, the sort of thing like we talked about last night. I we were kind of I think we both sort of thought, okay, we we heard that he was going to have wings and we thought it was going to be just a constant part of the costume. From the trailer, like they're not there all the time. It just seems like he can sort of bring them out when he needs to, yeah, which but, I think would work better.
2: They look a lot similar to like they don't I wouldn't say they're very similar to the Falcon's wings, but they're close in the idea that they fold back out of the way and they're you know, they're not constantly yeah. there, so yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess we're gonna have to see them in full action to get a more detailed look at the back of the outfit and see what actually goes on there. Um, but yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, it looks like it goes from like his elbow to like his thigh. Is how big the wingspan is.
2: That's not very big.
1: Yeah, I mean it's not coming out a lot. It's you know we I think we talked last night sort of like the squirrel suit type of look, which is oh I'm I'm basically sorry kind of what you know it
2: looks what we like. we were talking about two different things there. I was talking what about vultures talking about? wings, vultures wings, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was talking about vulture's wings, and you're talking about the squirrel suit wings, the there. Spider-Man, yeah,
1: Spider-Man suit wings,
2: web wings, um. Okay, I should have specified. I apologize. Yeah, it's okay. It's my fault. We you said we were talking <laughs> about it last night, and we didn't really talk about that last night on the Vulture. But, um, yeah, the web wings thing. I, I part of me hopes that it's just kind of like a Easter egg kind of thing that it's there, and it's like okay, it's there, and that he, gets, he uses it
1: for the one instance in the trailer, and that's it.
2: Well, that, maybe not even just the trailer, but you know, he pops them on and tries to use them and is like, how the hell are these supposed to work? And he's, like, pulling to try and punch, and it's pulling his leg up at the same time or something. And, <laughs> you know, like, it, it, I don't know. They never seem practical to me. The whole idea of Well, that's but... why
1: it seems like, like, earlier in the trailer when he's fighting, like, there's no wings there. So, obviously, it does seem like they fold up and go away, and he just kind of calls upon them when he
2: needs them. Could be. Yeah. They, I mean that's definitely possible. Um,
1: Which I think I'd like that more than them just constantly being there all the time. Because like we were talking about how how would you punch if your elbow is connected to your thigh by some material?
2: Yeah, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. Um, I don't know. Like it, it, I I like that throwback. I just I don't know. It's just one of the throwbacks that I never really cared whether I saw or not because I never thought it was a good idea to begin with. <laughs> Which I think is why. Yeah, I, I want to say. Those were only present in the first appearance, weren't they? They weren't in. He didn't have those in Amazing Spider-Man number one, did he? Uh,
1: You'd probably know better than I would. Or, yeah, actually, the other Mike would probably know better than I would, too.
2: Yeah, he would know better than both of us. Um, <laughs> Like, I know they're there in Amazing Fantasy 15, but I'm pretty sure they're gone by Amazing Spider-Man number one. I'd have to look again, but...
1: I feel um, like it just depends who draws them. I feel like certain artists bring that back when they want to. Could be. I mean, I don't think it's happened recently, but like, you know, back in the 70s and 80s it could have happened.
2: Yeah, I can't say that I've read enough of the old Spider-Man to say that one way or the other. Um, yeah.
1: See, Romano, this is why we need you, for fact-checking stuff <laughs> like this.
2: I mean, I get it. He doesn't want the spoilers. You know, he he's into it and he wants to just get the full-on theatrical experience of the trailer when...
1: And I checked with him this afternoon. As of this afternoon, he has yet to watch it.
2: Well, seven so, seven days, right?
1: Yeah, kudos to him that he's he's holding out this long. I thought he would have broke down by
2: now. Well, it, it is that seven days thing, so don't go to the theater with him. They're, a girl's going to crawl out of the movie screen and kill him. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm pulling out the ring references Yeah, I told here. him. I was like,
1: <laughs> I... I'm like I told him I was like I have to see Rogue One with you now because if if that is the when it's they gonna debut in front of the movie, like I wanna be there when you watch this for the first time. Yeah. Um alright, so uh anything else jump out to you? I had a couple like bullet points I think that I sort of wrote
2: down. Um, the last moment of the trailer. Um, right before you write like they show the Spider Man homecoming, then they give you one last moment of Spider Man and Iron Man kinda I don't know if they're racing through the city, going into battle together or whatever, but my thought on it was Stark testing out his Spider-Man tech that he gives to him and kind of taking him on a race to see how he can hold up. Um, Yeah. But we have, you know, I I don't think we're going to get Iron Man battling Vulture alongside Spider-Man. It
1: would kind of defeat the purpose of Spider-Man's solo movie if Iron Man is there to save the day. Right. Um, so as much as I'd like to see him like tussle and and see the two of them fighting side by side, I think for a Spider-Man solo movie, I think Spider-Man has to be the one on his own to to best everybody.
2: The only other thought I have on that is, what if Stark ends up playing Uncle Ben's role, and that you know perhaps Peter's true Uncle Ben died of natural causes, and eventually down the line we get. Iron Man's death because of something Spider Man did not do, and see, I think it's pretty much assumed
1: that Uncle Ben like played his role. Like the whole speech that yeah uh, Peter gives Tony in Civil War is essentially the "With great power comes great responsibility" speech without actually saying that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I feel like so if they... he's
1: learned that lesson, I think it has to be that Uncle Ben already played his part.
2: Yeah, possibly. I just like the idea of Stark going out in flames, like, and I think that would be an interesting. I think it'd be cooler to, to see him
1: go out against against Thanos and not in the Spider-Man movie.
2: I'm not saying in a Spider. Mean, I'm talking potentially down the road, not necessarily in this movie. I, um, perhaps, you know, one of the Infinity War movies, it happens, um and that, you know, to push forward the Spider-Man that they're using. I don't know. It, it was just a thought that crossed my mind, because they insinuated that Stark was going to play a little grab-ass with Aunt May, and, uh... <laughs> because, I mean, I think that was part of the idea of him and Pepper being separated, and him acting that way with Aunt May was like, well, maybe we're going to go this route. Um... I don't know. So
1: you think they're laying the seeds for something
2: down the line? I I think they could be. I'm not saying I think that it's definitely going to happen, but I think it would be cool if it did. I think that would be an interesting twist on it. But, (laughs) you know, there's nothing that says that, you know, Uncle Ben couldn't have taught Peter with great power comes great responsibility and then died of natural causes without having to have died to teach him that lesson fully and then maybe perhaps the death of Tony with his inaction would give him the full grasp of that lesson. I don't know, I think
1: like that lesson is so ingrained in who and what Spider-Man is that it has to happen
2: early. I agree, but I also think that in the trailer even you see a lot of desire to act, but unsure of whether he should in Spider-Man. Um, he kind of looks to Tony for the approval on what he should do. It, you know, it, it very much seems like he's definitely not sure what he's supposed to do. So,
1: I think that's just—I mean, he is still learning. Like he—he he knows he has. I mean, the whole reason he suits up as Spider-Man is because of Uncle Ben. Yeah. He—he wasn't—he wasn't saving people prior to the whole Uncle Ben dying thing.
2: Yeah. I'm just saying they might be throwing a twist on it. That's all. I'm not. I don't think that they necessarily are. I'm just saying it's a possibility. I like to get people thinking. Fair enough. I like to fuck with people's (laughs) minds. It's fun. (laughs) And now we've got it on record, so we'll see. If
1: this pans out in like three years, we can come back and say, look, Mike was right.
2: I, you know, honestly, I'm just saying it because Romano's not here to scream at me for having said it. (laughs) (laughs) So that when he listens to this, he, he can just, you know. Go into a flaming rage on his own at some point, and uh, I'm sure I'll hear about it I'll the next him. time Mike Bradley we're on.
1: Dedicated this episode to you, Mike.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'll hear about it the the next time uh, <laughs> that uh, I do a show with him. Um, so, <laughs> eh.
1: um, trying to see what else I want to talk. Oh, the uh, the weapons we see that are in the beginning part, like that looks like some robbers are trying to steal an ATM mm. with some sort of weapon. Yes. My first thought was, was that some sort of Chitari weapon?
2: Like a modified Chitari thing? Uh, that's going back to the thing I don't want to tell you about. Um, it's to, once again, if you look up the character, folks, that is in the movie. If for, those, <laughs> for those of you comic fans, if you look up and see that character that's down there in the line, you will find out where this tech is coming from. So I will say, no, I don't think it's Chitauri. Um Okay, fair enough. But is it possible that they're playing both on this and having it be, yes, that's a piece of Chatari tech, but Vulture and Shocker are getting their tech elsewhere? Sure. Um, okay. But I, I very much feel like that's going to be a spawning point for Iron Man's presence in the movie is, you know, that's obviously going to happen early on. That's not going to be a climax moment in the movie. And perhaps yeah. he finds whatever that was they were using and says to Tony, what the hell is this? Where, where are these yeah. bad guys getting this from? And Tony investigates it, finds said other guy, and leads to the vulture or the shock or whatever. Um, I, I think that could be where the plot goes with Stark's arrival. But it's also possible that it's just Chitauri and Spider-Man calls him and says, hey, I found some Chitauri tech. You know, uh, yeah. what should I do with this? And that brings it all Okay. Up. So. Yeah. Um, all
1: right. Yeah, that was just sort of my thought on it. So I, I applaud you for not actually diving into the specifics of what you're thinking. I mean, way, to, way to get around that, very vaguely.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm right about it, and I know that I'm right, so I'm not – but once again – we're trying to keep it spoiler free, so yeah, I'm gonna continue that. Okay. Um, the other thing, uh, we
1: saw Peter that looks like he has a best friend in this movie. Yes. Who I don't really remember Peter having like like Peter having a best friend like that. This character that they're showing reminds me of Miles Morales's best friend. Yes. From his Spider-Man comics.
2: Indeed. I, I would agree with that. He
1: he plays a lot of that that Gonke. Gonke is the name of the his friend, right? I think.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure how it's said. If I'm saying it right. Yeah, now. I was going to say I'm not sure how to say it. G-A-N-K-E Ganky Ganky Gonke 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 yeah, A lot so, of these yeah. names in the Marvel Universe sometimes pop up. I didn't even know how to say Chitari until they said it in the movies. So, um <laughs> Yeah. It, it happens yeah, a lot so we'll in the Marvel see Universe. see what, what name they give him and I mean it yeah, they're probably not going to name him the
1: same name, because I feel like that would, you know, continuity people would be like, what? He's not Peter's friend, he's Miles' friend, what the hell?
2: Yeah, and, um, and but I mean, there is a glaring I, like, omission he has that... on IMDB as well, and that is a Harry Osborne casting. Um, If you look on there, there's oh, okay. no specified Harry Osborne anywhere. There's a few people that are listed as being part of the cast that do not have titled characters yet, that they haven't released who they're playing. Um, I want to say there's like four or five people you've heard of that, you know, you you would know the actor, but they don't have a name for the character yet listed on the yeah. page. So one of those could be Harry osborne or they could just plain old skirt around Harry osborne even being present Um, altogether. Yeah, I think
1: having any of the Osbournes in this movie could kind of, I don't want to say rub people the wrong way, but... All they're going to be thinking of is, oh, another Os... Oz- you know, we're going to see Green Goblin again after seeing him twice already in two different uh, trilogies or uh, series of these movies and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think Marvel will probably shy away from Green Goblin characters as, as long as possible.
2: I agree, and I think that they should, because it's we've had Harry Osborn appear in five movies so far. Um, yeah. Or, I can't remember. Yeah, he was in the first one, wasn't he? I, uh,
1: it, I don't think... He was not in the first Amazing Spider-Man.
2: Okay, so we've had four movies out of five that have had Harry Osborn yeah. so far. And... Corp has at least been a part of every Spider-Man. Um, yeah. And it, now, don't get me wrong. Norman Osborn is the Spider-Man villain. He's an overarching villain in the Marvel Universe. That's great and everything, but part of Spider-Man's appeal is his rogues gallery, which is among the best in comics. Um, it's pretty much him and Batman at the top of that list, I believe. And we want to experience the other villains. So I'm happy in that sense. As much trepidation as I have about the Vulture, I'm happy that they're expanding to the Vulture and Shocker. Um, yeah. And they're not forcing another Osborne and Goblin of some sort down our throat. Um, that's a good thing.
1: So, just sort of winding back to uh his friend that we see in the trailer I don't know about you but did you shed a tear when he drops a fully constructed Lego death star onto the ground and it busts into pieces
2: I actually uh, I went back and I paused the trailer right at that moment because when it was in pieces I was like was that a death star <laughs> you know because I didn't I wasn't paying a hundred percent attention to what was in his hands when he drops it yeah and then I see it on the ground I'm like ah oh, so I froze back, and I was like, okay, there's Disney getting their plug-in. Um, <laughs> even in the trailer. they are not even to the full movie yet. They're already getting a Star Wars push-in. Um,
1: I originally thought it was the Millennium Falcon, but I had to watch it again and like really look at what he was holding before it went to shit.
2: What gave it away on the second the watching for me was the yellow laser sticking out of the top yes. of it. Yeah. That gave it away. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, it's definitely a Death Star. <laughs> and it was like, that's awesome. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's Disney getting a plug-in for Star Wars.
1: They they paid somebody probably hours on end to build that thing just to have it destroyed on film.
2: Or they just went and found one already bought, already made, and were like... Well, that could be too. we We're going to smash this, but we're going to buy it from you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was definitely an interesting thing, because that was my instant reaction, was just like, oh my god, what was that? Because <laughs> that's what I thought <laughs> <No>! it was. <laughs> and... Um... I thought that was great. Um, One of the other things I wanted to note is that the character, the girl that he is evidently so infatuated with, um, I had to listen quite a few times to hear correctly that he said Liz. Um, So the character is Liz Allen, um, which brings up an interesting potential story um, because one of the things that the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man got a little mixed up I believe once again Romano could correct me on this but Liz Allen was originally Flash Thompson's girlfriend um, and not Mary Jane It, it, it was Liz Allen but Peter did have a thing for her as well and yeah. at some point, it, it go. It, it's like a, and she's very mean to Peter. You know, she she's not a nice person. She's kind of like Flash. Um, and there's an interesting storyline that takes place with um, Peter, Liz Allen, and Betty Brant, where Peter saves Betty from Doctor Octopus. And then, all of a sudden, after that, Liz Allen is very into him because, you know, she finds out that he's a hero. You know, she figures out that he's Spider-Man. Um, she's one of, like, the few characters yeah, okay. that actually figures that out. Um. Yeah. But, that being said, it's also kind of... I don't I don't know that they're going to do that because I feel like they put Zendaya in this movie, who evidently is a thing, um... I don't really know much about her, but yeah, I don't either. It, she's the girl at the other end of the table that makes fun of him for looking at the the girl playing Liz Allen. Well,
1: she was, she was when she was cast, I feel like she was rumored to be Mary Jane.
2: She is not. Yeah, I think they've since said she wasn't, but that was the big thing for a while. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing against casting a black girl to play Mary Jane so long as she has red hair. You know, give her a red wig, I'm fine with it. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, they didn't do that. Um, They gave her a name, and I don't believe it's anybody I know. Um, the character's name, I, I don't know who it is. But it's also not clear as to what how big a role she's actually going to play. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, it's, it's all things that were yet to be seen. Um, But I think that it's interesting to see that they're bringing in more than just Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane into the Peter's love life game because Betty Brant is in the movie. Um, Liz Allen's in the movie who the girl that Zendaya is playing. I don't know the character's name right now, but is in the movie. And I, I feel like there's going to be some sort of interesting love triangle, love square, since there's three girls, whatever thing going on there. Um, <laughs> love square. I don't know. I made up the term. Um, (laughs) I feel like there's going to be, be some interesting thing going on there as far as who his love interest is technically going to be because they don't make that necessarily clear because could they go along the same lines of what I said with Betty Brant and Liz Allen and something like that happening? Eh, possibly. Um, but at the same time, Betty Brant could just be somebody who has a name, but you know, a teacher calls her name in class, and that's the only reason the character is fully named. You know, we don't, we just won't know. Um. So I, I think it will be a fun movie at the very least. Um, yeah. I I love the dig that Marvel is throwing at Sony, even in the name of it. Um. I, oh, the homecoming. Yeah, I, I, I've loved that from the beginning. As soon as they said it was called homecoming, it was like, okay, they're throwing their dig at Sony, even though Sony's involved. Yeah. I like that. Um, and I'm guessing, being they're calling it homecoming, that we're going to get a fall battle at the homecoming dance or something.
1: Yeah, it seems like it, would, it could be likely. It could be a literal homecoming.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you just call it homecoming just for the dig at Sony and then don't have anything to do with that with the actual movie itself. <laughs> um it would be funny actually if they did. But yeah. It, it, overall I was very I, I'm I'm still not as excited as I think I could be for this Spider-Man. Um but I am more excited than I was.
1: Okay. Well, that's good. Um yeah, I think I'm I'm Still pretty pumped about it. I think this was this was on my list. I'm a big Spider-Man fan, so this is this has been on my list for a while of stuff that I'm I'm looking forward to. Probably going to make my top 3 for 2017 as of right now of stuff that I'm looking forward to. Um they've hyped it up as being that sort of like 16 Candles Breakfast Club John Hughes vibe, which I'm definitely getting from this trailer. Yeah. So I think that is fantastic. Um Tom Holland looks fucking ripped. Yeah, but we see him in his you know, uh, mandatory shirtless scene, I guess, even for the little for the younger guys.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the way
1: the suit, like, he hits the Spider-Man symbol and it just, like, goes limp and comes off him. Like, that was the coolest thing for a way a suit should fit someone. I thought that was great.
2: Yes. That, that's Stark for you. Stark figured that out. Like, so he can have yeah. it on all the time and just kind of yeah. Superman it in the phone booth kind of thing. And he can probably push the button and have it go the other way.
1: I know, yeah, that's what sort of what I'm thinking. That would be awesome. Um, uh, we did get a quick little cameo of Happy Hogan, yes. in the background of, of one of the shots. So I'm I'm happy to see John Favreau coming back.
2: Yeah, yeah, more John um, Favreau for the Marvel Universe is always a good thing.
1: Yes, yeah. Uh, and we sort of talked to, even before we started recording this segment. Uh, we talked. To, it was news a while ago that Donald Glover has been cast in this movie. And we were speculating whether or not he would be Miles Morales. He is in the trailer for a quick hot second. I think it was somewhere... No, I'm trying to remember where I tagged it at. Somewhere around like the 143-ish. 44, 47, 40, I don't remember. Somewhere in the 140s he was there. It looks like he's standing next to somebody testing out a weapon. So I don't know if he's some sort of like weapons dealer or some sort of other shady individual is the vibe I'm getting from the trailer. So that would seem to be he's not going to be Miles Morales. And sort of like how Mike and I were talking, again, before we hit record, uh, Miles is a, as a character is younger than Peter. Like Peter takes on the mentor role for Miles in the way the comics are shaping up now because Peter's been doing this Spider-Man thing for years and Miles is still kind of new and learning. So Peter kind of takes him under his wing. Since Donald Glover is older than Tom Holland, that kind of defeats the purpose. If ta- if uh, Donald Glover was cast as Miles, I feel like it wouldn't work the other way. Um, I don't know, that's, just, that's sort of just where I'm standing. Like, I can't remember. Mike, where do you stand with Miles? We don't think we're going to get Miles in this, or you do?
2: I personally, I have a inkling that they're going to split the Spider-Man universe between Sony and Marvel by splitting it and having Donald Glover either stay with Marvel... It's Miles Morales or go to be Sony Spider-Man moving forward. Um,
1: now, in um, your mind, how soon would that happen?
2: For Sony to make a Spider-Man movie? Is that what you mean? Well, or... for
1: them to, to split. Like, if, if Sony gets Peter Parker and, and Marvel gets Miles Morales. Like, when... Oh, well, Give me just a rough, like, year or how many years down the line you think before
2: they split. I That I'd...
1: Because the only thing I'm thinking is that Donald Lover might be too old. Like, if they want to lock him in for Miles Morales to play for three movies in an MCU thing after this split, I it could conceivably be, like, ten years down the road.
2: I see it actually going the other way, more so with Tom Holland staying with Marvel and Sony taking on Miles Morales.
1: Oh, uh, okay. okay. Um,
2: so they can probably start right away, um... And, it, you know, you're right, in the trailer it doesn't look like that's a Morales-Morales type of activity, but if Sony's taking over the character, Marvel's probably like, we'll let them do whatever the hell they want with it and ruin it and stop making Spider-Man so we can have the whole thing. Um, <laughs> so, the, you know, they'll probably let them do whatever they want with that character. And for all we know, he's undercover at that point, investigating you know, the people making the weapons, or buying the weapons, selling the weapons, whatever. Um, and I think we had talked about, like, how has he gone unnoticed in the MCU thus far? If he's older than Spider-Man, and has taught Spider-Man, and things like that. And perhaps he just doesn't use his powers. Um, perhaps he's the Spider-Man that never got the Uncle Ben lesson. Uh, you know, he he. perhaps he's that kind of character that... Gets the lesson in some way in this movie, and that's how the split occurs for the two separate Spider-Man universes to begin. Um, okay, yeah, I see your logic.
1: I, I don't know if I would see that happening though.
2: I couldn't tell you it, until we see it, but it's a theory. Of <laughs> yeah, mine. granted,
1: we'll have to wait and see.
2: It, it's just a theory. But if I'm
1: putting money on on, yeah, I, I I'd probably bet against you. No offense. That's I I I am more confident I think in saying that I don't think Donald Glover is Miles Morales probably a whole new character. It would really surprise me if after seeing that real quick shot of him in the trailer that they end up making him Miles Morales. That that would surprise me.
2: Okay, I mean, and for those who are not aware, um, Donald Glover or I'm sorry, Don, Donald Glover did. They're
1: one and the same. Yeah,
2: (laughs) they they, he did voice Miles Morales for the Ultimate Spider-Man television show, which is why this speculation is out there so heavily because Miles Morales
1: is a is an African American like Latino Spider-Man. Yes, he was he was in the Ultimate Universe, which was an Ultimate separate like timeline or or multiverse from from the mainline Marvel Universe, where the Peter Parker in the Ultimate Universe. Goes down in a blaze of glory. he dies in, with his mask off in view of the public and all this stuff. At the time, Miles Morales had a similar origin where he was bitten, I think, by some sort of radio, like the same type of radioactive spider, so he got those type of spider powers. but he wasn't doing anything with them. sees on the news that Peter Parker dies in public and then suddenly is racked with guilt because had he been using his powers, he felt like he could have helped save Peter. Which then has him take up the mantle of Spider-Man. He becomes the ultimate universe Spider-Man. And then after the multiverse sort of crashes in on itself, Miles survives all that. Right now, Miles is in the mainline Marvel universe in the comics. Yes. He's actually a big part of this current Civil War II storyline that they're doing. Um, so he is, he is a good... Uh, he's he's becoming I guess a little bit more popular and more front and center in the Marvel comic universe. So the fact that they have this character that they could cast and use, there's a, there's a lot of potential there. And again, like Mike was saying, because Donald Glover has voiced the character, he was the front runner that they were trying to. Back when like Amazing Spider-Man was happening, Andrew Garfield got cast as Peter Parker before they cast a Peter Parker or confirmed that Peter Parker was going to be the Spider-Man. People were pulling for Miles Morales as that Spider-Man. They wanted a Miles Morales-led Amazing Spider-Man franchise with Donald Glover in the role. That was a big fan petition kind of thing that, that caught fire on the internet. Ultimately, Sony didn't go that way, but I think a lot of, with that fan casting, I think Donald took it to heart. I think a lot of people involved with the comics took it to heart. Marvel, I'm pretty sure, took it to heart, and that's probably why they got him involved in this movie, just as a little bit of a fan service either way.
2: Yeah. And it's the re- so it,
1: it remains to be seen who he's playing, but we'll we'll see.
2: And if he gets, and if they do the Spider-Man thing with him and let him be Morales, you know, it's going to be an awesome couple of years for Donald Glover being Lando and Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that that's like Han Solo and Indiana Jones for Harrison Ford. That's, you know, <laughs> it's tough yeah. to beat.
1: But I mean, granted, if he gets it, I think he'll nail it because I think he's a fantastic actor. Yeah, I agree. So I'm I'm crossing my fingers that that's where they put them, but just from again, from what I'm seeing and the way I feel like that's going, I don't see it happening. But you know, we can we can hope, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think we pretty much hit everything that I uh I wanted to hit. You got anything else for the to wrap it up, sort of here?
2: Um, no, I mean I pretty much touched on everything that I thought, you know, my major thoughts about the trailer. So. All right. All right. Well, that's where
1: we're going to wrap up this, uh, little bonus segment for you for the Spider-Man trailer. And right about now, we will pass it on to our past selves who have already done the podcast and ended it. So take it away. <laughs> all right. So we're back, uh, from, you know, the pass off from our future selves, uh, back to our past selves. And we're going to wrap this one up. So that's, we've covered all the movie trailers we need to. We got, Three we talked about earlier. We've got Spider-Man in there now. And that's about it for this week. Uh, So if you enjoyed the show, uh, please stop by iTunes. You can leave us a five-star rating and review there. Be sure to share, subscribe, and favorite the show wherever you find us and listen to us at. Uh, You can also find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash superfriends. Like the page, love the page, comment on the page. We're all there talking about it, so you can talk to us there. And on behalf of Andy, Mike, and myself... Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time.